I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. What's your favorite remake? Ooh, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So stressful to th- think about. What a monologue. She's She was ready for it, though. She just... I wonder if they made her do it in order. Like, you have to go exactly in this order, <laughs> right by the script. Yeah. It's like when Not they, like they uh, had a- any res- respect for Kevin Williamson's original draft or so I've heard. I've yeah. heard there were a lot of people on this. But he did win the Writers Guild Ar- arbitration, which basically just means that he contributed the most to the most it. The most to it, yeah. So he won top billing. Right. Right, it's right, weird right. how they do that. The Weinsteins, even to the last scream gulp, they were trying to tamper with the scripts. Of course they were. Bunch of assholes. I, I have no idea why. It, uh, I would like to read his original script. I would, too. I really would. Yeah. Like, so it, it re- re- really seems like the only two in the franchise that were basically unfiltered were the first two. Yeah, and it seems like, like we talked about with two, that... Again, it depends on who you listen to, but it's possible mm-hmm. that script was barely messed with at all from what it sounds yeah. like. Because, you know, for a good 20 years, we all thought that they made all these changes because of all these leaks on the Internet. But now, oh, according, yeah. according to Kevin Williamson, like, it was just always like that. And they, you know, released those fake they ones. Were, so, I don't know. Yeah, they were dummy drafts yeah, so. that apparently, like, his assistant wrote to, like, yeah. throw pee- people off, and they're like, oh, no, this was accidentally leaked to the internet. Like, that's yeah. pretty clever. Yeah. That's smart. It is. Because even on the commentary tracks, I re- remember, like, Wes Craven saying, saying, like, oh, yeah, it was... It was such a big deal because yeah. we had to go back in and change a bunch of stuff because some dr- dr- drafts got leaked. And I was like, oh, well... How much did y'all really change then? Yeah. It seems like this was always the plan. Right. Interesting. Yeah. They kept that under wraps for quite a while. Yeah. But, uh, exactly. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> oh, these movies have such a history. Of there's there's always drafts things. Drafts upon drafts. Drafts upon drafts upon, yes. You just keep burying, uh, digging and finding these little buried secrets in here that nobody knew about. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's the Scream yeah. mythos. Even just, I'll get into it, but last week, uh, Kevin Williamson outlined what his plans were for five and six which was kind of mm-hmm. interesting uh so it's there's fascinating there, yeah there are always things to discover with this franchise interesting like did you know yeah. that the the character of the ant in this film was originally su- supposed to be played by lorelei gilmore herself lauren graham i had heard that which would have been great i just don't understand if like the part was originally bigger could be because as is it's like a teeny tiny part i think she has like three lines <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like no one ever asks a, about my scars i brought in groceries but she's oh, also no, kind of my favorite char- favorite character in the movie so <laughs> there's something there <laughs> she's just like in her own world i love it like just just f- f- floating on that white wine buzz i don't know what she's doing it's, but she just seems so out of it, and I love it. What we were recently talking about with Heather's, where the, the parents are so self-involved in their own little <laughs> world and not paying any attention to their kids at all. And, uh, yeah, 
And it's like mother, like daughter here, where like, you know, uh, she's so self involved, just like her daughter's so self involved. She did raise a murderer. Yes. (laughs) Maybe not mother of the year material. Not not that I always would like to blame the parents, but, you know, I'm sure Debbie Salt would say that we we, we should still blame Sydney's mom. Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) Her double double standard there, yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like. Aunt Kate here was just one of those parents that was just kind of like, you know what? Uh, raise yourself. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I brought the groceries. Fix your own meal. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your dad? Go I don't hang know. Up some more wind chimes. Her dad was like a one night stand somewhere. Oh, I and then... <laughs> Ooh, oh, we could find out in Scream 6 that it, it was actually Stu. Mm, Stu there we go. The father. I, yes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that lines up with the, well, I don't know. Cause how old is Jill supposed to be here? Like 16, 17? It's possible. Yeah. Maybe. It's possible. Possibly. Is it? I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to think. How long ago was the, the first movie? It, uh, yeah, they say this was the 15th I'm anniversary. So oh. she'd be a little old, but. Um, well, you know, we're just going to say she's 15. Yeah. Or, and or, then it'll all make sense. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> Stu got someone pregnant like a few years earlier in high school from what we saw, you know? Yeah. It could work. It could Who work. knows? Who it knows? It's all a mystery here. This yeah. is listen. We're just trying to bring some ideas to the t- table since we know they're probably going to green light Scream Six any day now. Oh yeah. So might as well just go ahead and throw some ideas out there. Yeah, I did hear this week that Spider Man uh, overcame Scream again. So it's a battle to the death here Fucking at the box office. Hell. <laughs> I mean, just die already, Spider Spider Man. <laughs> just die. As Jill says at the end of this movie, this is just getting silly. This- <laughs> She's God. got some great moments in the, in the end of this. Listen, I think Jill is one of the best killers in the entire I franchise. Think, yeah, her and you know, Debbie She's Salt, wonderful. you know, are, I yeah. think, the MVPs of this franchise in terms of the killers. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I mean, she is committed. She's brave. She takes some big swings. And A she almost gets away swings. with it. Yeah. Gotta give her some props. Although, yeah. like, you'd think she'd want to stab Sydney more than once just to make sure the job was done. Like... Yeah, I don't know. I, well, technically, she just twice, right? Because she st- she comes in out of nowhere and stabs her, and then a little <gasps> bit later, right. she stabs her again. I forgot about that. But yeah, still, right before she takes off the mask, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I and I think that's, the yes, cops show up, and then she gets a little flustered, and she's like, eh, "I guess she's fine." And yeah. um, <laughs> hang on a second, I gotta go smash my face into this. <laughs> <laughs> that final, yeah, sequence. That's so great. <laughs> Ripping her own hair out, scratching her face, <laughs> scratching her face, throwing herself into paintings, the and, coffee table, the fucking like, coffee table. Every time you you you're like, okay, I think that's enough. She's like, no, gotta go back, gotta go into the coffee table. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's nuts. dark comedy gold. It I is. Just, it makes <laughs> it you is. laugh every fucking time. And I guess the original originally the plan was to keep her alive, and then she would go to college yes. in part five, apparently. Which would oh. have been really cool. Would have been interesting. I guess there I would think have that been... would have been very brave. I think so because it would have been a very different I would have kind. Love of... to have seen it. Scream, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like so the lead character is kind of the, the villain from the last film, yeah. And so you're like, what? Like, where could this go? And yeah. I just I think it would have been really cool if they had just ended on her being like wheeled in, yeah. And she and she's just like so exci- excited that she's got all this attention, mm-hmm. and then maybe it like cuts to the credits, and then there's like a mid credit credit scene where like 
you find out that Sydney's still alive and you're just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that would have been good. This yeah. is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately, no. Didn't go that way. I guess route. they were a little nervous that people wouldn't show up and they really didn't. Maybe because people they didn't, didn't advertise it at all. There, were, there was no they marketing. Got, listen, Period. Kevin, they gave it a full week of promotion. What more do you want? <laughs> Uh, what more do you want from those Weinsteins? <laughs> they had a trailer. They know what they're I doing. Think. There was like one trailer. <laughs> yeah, they really did. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they announced it, and then it came out like two weeks after that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Great. There was like they announced it way back in 2008. Apparently, I was looking at the history here, and oh, then really? it, there was just like a big span of time here when nothing happened, and then they didn't announce Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson until early 2010, and then it was like... Oh my god. Everything was pretty rushed after that, but yeah. It's well, because I do remember that was around the time there was like a big mix-up at Dimension and Miramax, and I think yeah. like the rights were getting bought by like Sony for a second, and now they're with like Lionsgate, and it was mm-hmm. like, it was just a weird time where like other companies were putting out their movies. Yeah. So I guess there were some big... That could have been part of it. Problem then, over the there too. Yeah, yeah. Strange times. Yeah, and it's very odd. It's weird that that was over a decade ago at this point. Um, God Christ! I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> no, I was in college when when this was yeah, me too. Was, was out. Me too. I went opening night. Yeah, I didn't go opening night, but old time. Or did I go opening night? I might have gone opening night. No, I don't know. I remember there weren't. Kind of were, well, I'm just remembering there weren't very, very, very many people there, but that may have been opening night. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think my theater was fairly packed, but it was just it, it was like it had no energy. Like yeah. there were no laughs, there were no g- gasps. It was just kind of like very quiet, and I was like, "This is this feels wrong for a scream." It was. A, I mean, it was kind of a weird movie for this time period. It was because yeah. generally everything had been so serious up and through the two thousands, and mm-hmm. it was all the uh, angsty, uh, grungy. Uh, what do we call them? Yeah, extreme like dimension, extreme horror movies, porn torture stuff. porn movies. Yeah, a lot With of the Asian ghost girls. Yeah, a little bit of those still in there. Uh, and then I think they'd already gone into like the found footage stuff because paranormal activity came out around this time right yes 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 that was in full swing so this was just sort of out of the blue like oh a slasher movie what's that yeah and like a quippy slasher movie like it doesn't take itself super seriously um Mm -hmm. i think people had just kind of forgotten that those were a thing for a while uh yeah uh because yeah the Scream era was kind of long dead by this point, and then after 9-11, like we said, everything just got really angry and visceral and self-serious, mm-hmm. um, with a few exceptions. Like, I think House of Wax has a little more fun than most of the movies from that um, decade, yeah. but for the it, most part. It still plays ar- around with that grungy stuff, you know, because there's, yes, like, yes. fingers getting lopped yeah. off yes. and stuff, but it's not, it doesn't linger on it yeah. like the other ones would, where it's like, here's a three-minute shot of all her fingernails getting ripped out. Exactly. <laughs> Like I don't want to see that. It's got. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's like a gory film, but it's got a little more goofiness to it. It's a weird mix yeah. there, but yeah. Uh, but you have to give the Scream franchise credit for always sticking to to their guns, even when it's not considered cool. Yeah, they're still bringing their own shit. You know, they're right. like, we're still gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some quips, and we don't care if it's in the middle of a hard drought. We're gonna be there. We're yeah. gonna do our thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like we said, that just a lot of Saw and Hostel movies, and a lot, a lot of remakes, which Kirby goes through and mm-hmm. names m- many of them at the end of this movie. 
Um, it was just uh, not a lot of origin- originality. Like, the remakes themselves were not good remakes for the most part. There were a few, but generally yeah, speaking, they were, some that were good. fairly uninspired for the most part. Um, I mean, I don't know why you have to diss the Prom Night <laughs> The best one, really. I mean, masterpiece. It changed my life. I watched it on my own Prom Night. It was wonderful. and <laughs> It was wonderful. I, I lost more than my innocence that night. <laughs> I lost my hope for the humanity of the world. I lost my guts and, and my, my, my innards. And yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Other than the <clears throat> ghosty girl stuff, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot else in theaters in the U S at the time. Um, and a, a couple of the new French extremity movies, but those were pretty intense too. <laughs> That's why they call them extremity there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but then you get to like 2009 and 2010 and we've talked about 2009 as kind of this interesting blend of remakes with new stuff. Because uh, there was a lot of remakes. There was like My, My Bloody Valentine, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. That was 2010, but around that area. Um, Last House yeah. on the Left, Sorority Row, The Crazies, Night of the Demons, Halloween 2, kind of. Um, at least it was a sequel to a remake. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you can really call that movie. It is yeah, its own it's special a, It's beast. its own thing. But it was a continuation <laughs> of something started from a remake <laughs> yeah. anyway. Uh, but then there yeah. was also, like, original stuff like Jennifer's Body and House of the Devil and Orphan and Drag Me to Hell and Black Swan mm-hmm. and Insidious and Paranormal Activity and just, like, a lot of stuff that wasn't a remake in there. Um, yeah. So I, I think they probably sensed that there was some sort of shift here brewing and maybe this was the time to uh, put something out that is marketed as a remake but at the end of the movie i think is more of an indictment of remakes than anything else because you know we market this movie as having these all these new kids we're going to bring in and then we kill every single one of them off by the end of the movie (laughs) Um, it's a brave choice i think so i thought it was you know now i guess it's canon that kirby is not quite dead perhaps it is now apparently That was not what but Kevin Williamson. Long years, yes. we were like, is she still alive? And Kevin Williamson just said like last week that the the plan was to kill her off because I think oh. you kind of have to kill off all these kids if you're going to make the statement that because uh, don't the, fuck the, with the original, don't fuck with the original, basically because all these yeah. kids are sort of know it all uh, wannabes and they think they have all the rules mm. figured out and they're going to survive uh, pretty much the same events as the first movie because they know all the rules at this point, because they've seen all the movies and they can, you know, figure this out. But then turns out they're idiots and <laughs> they can't. And, uh, yeah. and I, it's, a, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess that that's why I've, I've never warmed up to this one as mm. much as the others. Cause I just don't like any of the young kids except for Jill. And that's really only after she becomes the killer. <laughs> like, and no, I'm like, Oh, so that was like a, a performance that you were yeah. giving the whole, the whole time. I think that's fair, but, but I, I mean, even Kirby, I'm like, eh, she's all right, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the reason, no, I, I get that. I, I think the reason I've learned to sort of personally accept that is that I don't think they're supposed to be super likable because right. Yeah. The whole idea of the movie is that there are these know-it-all kids who come in here and think they know all the rules about everything and then they get killed. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just, it's a smug statement. I'll give you like folks yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. it's not like one and two where they were like, it was both a parody and an homage to slashers. Like this is very mm-hmm. much like fuck you remakes. Like fuck you kids coming yeah. in and think, you know, everything, uh, <laughs> precocious little shits who, you know, uh, mm-hmm. think you have all this figured out. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree. They're not like particularly likable, and um, no, and uh, uh, so it, I, I don't. I find it a little bit cathartic by the end when they do get killed off. But at the same time, it's a little <laughs> bit like um, 
get off my stoop, you kids. Like, you don't know anything about right. horror. And it's, um, so I can see what people would say is a little bit of a smug statement in that regard in terms of being like, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, you know, only the original survive. And, um, right. And, and I guess Jill kind of personifies that whole mentality. Yeah. It's like she's like this monster version of all these kids. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just the whole like doesn't really have any talent to speak of, but she wants to be famous. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Like you have mm-hmm. no skills, like go away. And yet I, Instagram wasn't a thing then, right? I don't and remember. now we have like Instagram and TikTok where it's a bunch yeah. of people, usually young kids who think they're interesting for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, I think this film really was ahead of the curve in that sense. Yeah. It was pretty prescient in that regard. I mean, we had like Facebook and stuff, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and there were celebrities. You had all the reality shows. And I, I think he mm-hmm. at one point called this his Kardashian ending. You know, this someone trying to get <laughs> yeah. famous for nothing here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty smart. Um, I think the reason I like this one more than at least three is that I think this one has something to say. Whereas the third one didn't really have anything to say. It was just kind of like, oh, here's some stuff about trilogies that isn't even really true. And yeah, uh, it is kind of weird how like... I. I feel like three has more to say now than it did then, and I don't yeah. even think it knew it was trying to say something. That's back then. that's the at thing. At least now, yeah. there's like the whole Weinstein Me Too thing that you can kind yeah. of bring into it with the whole Maureen Mar- Mar- backstory. But right. at the time, it really was just like, yeah, we're a big trilogy. We're gonna go out with with a bang, and yeah, here here here's some rules that aren't gonna really pertain to the film you're watching, but yeah. here they are anyway, and. Yeah, it, it did feel a little more hollow. Yeah. Um, I, but I do think these films are best when they have something to say about yeah. the genre at the time, which is why yeah. I feel really concerned if they greenlight part six right out of the gate. Like, what are they going to have to say? That's going to be the problem. Not you know, enough time <laughs> to pass. Like, I feel like these do need to be like an every 10 year thing. Right. It's once a... there's been enough time to really talk about where the genre is at the moment. Yeah. They say in this movie, was it new decade, new rules. And it's yeah, mm-hmm. always, um, cause this is very much a statement on all those remakes that came out in the two yeah. thousands. It was just, you know, one after another one. And, um, um, oh, I had something to say. What, what were you talking about before that? Um, uh, I beat the fuck out of me. I feel, like I, had, I feel like I had something almost intelligent to say, and now it's gone. Damn it! No. Um, Scream Three, Marine Prescott, Me Too. Oh yeah, Einstein. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it, I think uh, you're right that it was largely unintentional there because it was a weird balance there, yeah. where, with, with, where they were mm-hmm. sort of making jokes about sexual favors, but then taking mm-hmm. all the Marine stuff seriously. So it's like they couldn't really make up their right. mind, like. Is this going to be a statement on, like, a serious statement on Hollywood and everything mm-hmm. else? Or are we going to make jokes about, oh, I blew him for yada, 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 yada you know? Yeah. Um, so, but you're right. Like, at now, it I think uh, there, that film has a little more to say, even if it's inadverted, inadvertently, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not really sure if they knew it at, at the time, yeah. necessarily. I think yeah. they, were, they were just like, how do we come up with a story where we don't have to involve Nev Campbell that much? Right, exactly. <laughs> just, Let's talk about her mom. She has no time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know if they knew. Yeah, something. sometimes interesting things come out of chaos, and some, sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. they don't. But uh, it's, it's always kind of fascinating that you know there are parts of this movie that i don't think work very well and you can tell they probably came out of the chaos but then there are parts that i think are pretty interesting and uh 
probably they could have come out of all that as well. So it's it's just it's just the, right. the filmmaking process. You know more than me, but it's just like you, you kind of go with the punches and everything. I'm sure. And oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're working for someone like the Weinstein's who just yeah. second guess every choice. Sure. Yeah. Which it must be so exhausting. I, I, like I can't even imagine have have and be like are we sure we want her to have that hair because we've done a test we've done some marketing research and they say the people with red hair uh don't test well so why is she the lead uh should we make her blonde is blonde in right now it's like they have all these questions that matter in no way right they just don't they're not they're stupid you and know? they're all they're usually questions after they've already shot like a lot of scenes and they're like yeah. oh you know maybe we should take yeah. these out and uh <laughs> I mean, Halloween H2O, hello. Like yeah. They were like, the mask doesn't look good. Let's try another one. Well, we've already shot three-fourths of the movie. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Let, let's have a new mask in every fucking scene and yeah. then just pick one. I'm like, that <laughs> makes no sense. How is that even economically feasible? Right. You know, because you're going to have to go back in and, re- and reshoot if it doesn't work. I'm like, mm-hmm. just pick one and work with that for the rest of the movie. Exactly. What is this about? Exactly. Oh. And, you know, we should also mention that Folks probably know, but Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson made a movie in between Scream 3 and Scream 4 oh, that uh, yeah. was a, a little bit of a clusterfuck behind the scenes. Yeah, you can say that again. Oh, uh, the beautiful and aptly named Cursed. Cursed, Cursed. Oh, boy. It, it is, you know, the yeah. fact that it is even remotely entertaining mm-hmm. is just a miracle. It's insane. Yeah, so because much. Because that so movie much. was reshot and rewritten 50,000 times. Entire roles were cut out. They had hired all these yeah. big-name people that they ended up cutting out of the movie. And there's, mm-hmm. like, apparently four versions of it now floating out there that we will probably yeah. never see. But I want to see it. Like, Unfortunately not. Yeah. I, uh, although, stranger things have happened. Yes, you never true. know. We could, we, something uh, could happen. We, we should just summon it on the podcast. Let's release the cursed cuts. Yes. Multiple cuts. That would be great. A Blu-ray box set of all the cuts that exist. (laughs) That's all I want, really. Yeah. With Kevin Williamson commentary on each one where he can say, I didn't write that. I didn't write that. I did write that. That's a good bit. But... Uh, Why not? His I heard I heard him talk about his original script one time, and it was something completely different. It was about like this ballet dancer who was being pursued by this guy who was like a werewolf, and it was kind of like a Jalo type thing. And it was just like, Ooh, what? This hello. is nothing. Like that sounds lovely. Yeah. <laughs> like, could he still use that script in some way and just like I think call so. it something else? Yeah. Curse two point mm-hmm. The version the Weinstein's didn't want you to see. That's all I've ever wanted. That's a movie that deserves like a full like docu series about yeah, all oh the shit God, that went yes. down and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Put that out in the e- ether too. That's yeah, you know, sometimes we talk about never stuff sleep and... again documentary. Oh yes, yes. Sometimes like we that, talk yeah. about the stuff and it happens. So who knows? Every now and then, yeah. you never know. Um, and while all that was going on, uh, Wes was trying to do this remake of Pulse. Uh, which oh, that's right. folks know was this J-horror film. It's really good, actually, but he's trying to get this remake up and going for that. And uh, they eventually, the Weinsteins were like, no, we're going to pull you from this and put you on screen four. And uh, that, so they ended up making Pulse anyway with a different director and mostly different writer. And I think he pretty much came out later and said that like he had nothing to do with that movie, even though his name is mm-hmm. on the like writing, I think, for that I'd be very interested interested to see his take on that. I think he he would have been a really great cho- choice. Yeah, for that, I but. think it would have been interesting. Um, 
He did. Do... I know I saw yeah. the remake, but I don't remember anything about it. Oh, it's terrible. So it's I just, guess it wasn't very good. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Like I watched it. It's yeah. one of the worst of the, the J horror remakes. Yeah. Like I watched it a couple years ago, and I was just like, "This is so bad." My God. <laughs> well, I do know Chris Kristen Bell was in it too, so I guess that yeah. kind of connects with this. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe that they had a connection there, and they were able to yeah. you know, get her in there. Um, he was like, you were the best part of that shitty movie. Come have a, cam- a cameo in this one. <laughs> For a long time, she just kept getting cast in these terrible roles, even though she's so charming. <laughs> and uh, I know. she's uh, uh, Veronica Mars is one of my favorite shows, and she's fantastic in that mm-hmm. series. But uh, after that, it was just like she kept getting cast, and they just were not very good roles at all. Just unlucky. Just really bad like romantic comedies, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, just a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Wes did make uh, Red Eye, which was pretty good, around 2005. So Red that was, was good. That yeah. was good, yeah. That was, a, that was a taut little thriller. It was, yeah. And it made like $100 million at the box office, so it did pretty well, too. So yeah. um, I'm glad he had a little success between three and four here. Um, and then, you know, uh, he had that little bit of a miss, <laughs> as one would call it, with My Soul to Take in 2010. Yeah, that one, I, once again, saw it once, don't remember it, except I didn't mm-hmm. like it. And uh, I'm like, do do I need to rewatch it? I don't know. I... Some people are, are like, it's his underrated masterpiece. Mm. I'm like, it, was it? I feel I like know. I watched it once. Didn't really like it, but I was like, oh, I think there was stuff in there that was good. And I think this is probably a little bit underrated. And then I watched it again a few years ago and I was like, mm, I don't know. It's oh, no. It's got some like okay ideas, but it feels like this weird hybrid of Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, but like, he can't really write the scream dialogue very well, so it all comes off very fake. Yeah. And the editing is really fucking weird, even though it had Patrick Luzier to do it. And yeah. it was very strange. I don't know. Because I, I, I want to say I heard at some point that it was supposed to be rated R, and then they cut yeah. it to PG-13. And yeah. so maybe some of that choppiness was because of the studio being be, scared yeah. of an yeah. R and chopping up way, way too much. I don't know. And, and, just, and then yeah. they converted it to 3d right yeah stuff which never looks good no no and that was a big thing then too was like let's take this movie we didn't shoot in 3d and just turn it into 3d for no reason so we can charge double the price you gotta have a gimmick it's the the william castle approach there yeah yeah so after that one i think he was eager to take another shot at this uh because he, he had been so formative with scream and sort of kicking off slashers and then a decade earlier he was wasn't a full decade yeah it was it was over a decade with never elm street yeah so he had you know uh sort of revitalized the slashers a little bit then and uh uh so i could understand him wanting to sort of take another stab at it now and see if he can you know uh kick it off again it didn't really happen um the 2010s were kind of a wasteland for slashers there were really only a couple Mm -hmm. that were really worth mentioning and uh uh, but now we're in the middle of a little bit of a slasher boom, so we'll see if that continues. But. Yeah, sort of, sort of. Yeah. Well, we'll see what this new Scream kind of kicks off. Yeah, it's, it's we'll see. S- sort of started with Halloween 2018 a bit, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but uh, you just you just never know where, where these things are going to go. Yep. Yep. Because it's off. it's it's like the the big franchises are continuing, but you don't see that many like new slashers really. Like true, there, there's a few. Yeah, it's, but it's not like with like Scream or Halloween where they came out and then all of a sudden ever everyone was trying to make their own slasher. Yeah, it's yeah that that's a good point. It's it's the new stuff that we do see. It's mostly on like uh, streaming platforms, not so much in yeah. theaters. Um, right. So yeah, that 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 will be interesting if if Scream 
continues to make a pretty good amount of money, maybe we will start to see some original sl- slashers like we did in the 90s, but who knows? Um, maybe. It's hard to say. I think we had such a a good run of original horror films, I think, last decade that I don't know that we're actually mm-hmm. going to get a lot of original ones for a while now because it seems like people are yeah. more nostalgia-driven again, which, again, seems to happen every yeah. couple decades. We're like, mm-hmm. we need to go back and remake everything that was good. And then we get sick of that and we're like, let's do some new stuff for a while and yada, yada, yada. But it's it's a, yeah, like you said, you never, you just never know. You never know where things are going to go. Exactly. uh, And what else? You know, Kevin Williamson had produced that Venom movie with um, Jim Gillespie from I Know We Did Last Summer. uh, Oh, shit, that's right. I remember that being okay. I don't remember being particularly great, but... I saw it once, and I was yeah. like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had created a couple of TV series. He did this one called Glory Days and Hidden Palms. Um, and then The Vampire Diaries, which ended up being a pretty big success on the CW. I think it ran mm-hmm. from 2009 to 2017. He was really only there for the first couple of years, but that was while Scream 4 was happening. So that was a big part of the reason why he wasn't on set to make a lot of these changes, and they had to bring in other writers to uh, help that out. Kevin Williamson said he wanted to tell another story where the audience would connect to the characters again and focus on them instead of the next kill um, in comparison to all the Saw movies that have been so popular, uh, which are more about, you know, the the creativity with the kills and everything else, not so much the characters. Wes Craven said that he wanted to make something that was a statement on the sort of endless sequels and the modern spew of remakes, again, that were popular that previous decade. And, uh... The main characters have to figure out where the horror genre is currently um, in order to figure out the modern events that are happening to th- to them. There was an early draft of the script where Gail and Dewey had a baby, but this was changed after it was decided that bringing a baby into the film would be uh, very difficult for shooting purposes, which, okay. Uh, she is running around a lot in this, so uh, I don't know what she would do with the baby. Yeah. They're, they're both, they're both just kind of running around the whole movie. Yeah. Like, would she strap the baby to her back at the... <laughs> Stabathon and like... I mean, I'd be okay with that, but I feel like audiences would be like, mm, "You're putting the baby in jeopardy there." If Gene Siskel was still alive, Siskel <laughs> would just have a field day. He would have a fit with that. I'm writing a campaign to Miss Courtney Cox Arquette, and she will know my wrath for bringing a child in jeopardy. How dare she? Wow, <laughs> mother of the year over here. <laughs> I mean, it seems like something Gail would do, though. So. I no, totally. <laughs> and that's Strap what the baby on. I do appreciate that. Like, I, I like I, I kind of understand why they mellowed her. I, I shouldn't say anything about five, but like, th- let's just say the Gail is a little more mellowed out in that one. It, it, it makes sense, but I do like the more sort of uh, aggressive Gail in this oh, one, that, where she's still kind of. And I like that, like, her career has sort of stalled at this point. So she's like, how the fuck do I get get this back again? Like, I want the energy back. And uh, I become yeah. this, like, housewife. And I don't want to be this person anymore. And, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. it's... <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 a very... like Because, you know, at the end of three, it's it's so sweet. Because they get together and they get engaged. And you're like, oh, this this is gonna going to be great. And then yeah. ten years later, <laughs> it's like... It's had its ups and downs. It's and yeah. I kind of like that. It's realistic. It is very realistic. You know that there, there's so many happy endings in movies, and it's like this shit doesn't happen in real life. I mean, maybe for like a decade yeah. things are good, or you can, but then you know. I mean, uh, that's the problem with sequels is that you can't really have a happy ending because if there's no conflict for the next one, then mm-hmm. why bother? You know, this so is you, true. you can't leave these characters too ha- happy. Yeah. 
which oh, is a shame because yes. I mean we, we we love these characters, but yeah. you know, t- to get them back in the movie, there's got to be some drama, some conflict, right? Mess some true. stuff up. And it had been that thing where like none of them died in two except for Randy, and then none of them died in three. So you know, I, there was a sort mm-hmm. of expectation going into this that one of them would die, and I think you know I, I get the 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 um, flack that people give this one for that. Um, yeah. It's like. On the one hand, I get that, and on the other hand, I get why he kept him alive because, again, it's a statement on remakes, and like, right. you know, uh, we're we're gonna keep the the older older characters are gonna survive. I still think he probably could have killed off one of them, but what do you get it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a safe yeah. movie, I guess. In if that we sense. had if we had not had three, I think it would have been a little more believable because there wouldn't have been yeah. like a third time where they survived. But it's like, and because it, it, yeah. it does seem like they took a few ideas from the original yes. version of. Three, yes. so it, it does kind of seem like this is more Kevin's version of what three should have been, which I yes. like. I think so too. I think uh, you can pretty much watch one, two, and four as a trilogy. There's there's only like one reference to three in this. It's where Gail's in the police department and she says something about like I've been through this three times. Um, yeah, and I I doubt Kevin Williamson even wrote that line because I really think that he mm-hmm. just pretty much ignored three while he was writing this. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he he did say he watched it. Yes, he watched he it for yes, and he was like, I'm not gonna, I don't know what to use from this. Like, yeah, it doesn't really get mentioned much. No, the only thing of really note that happens in three is that uh, Cotton, you know, gets killed, but then you yeah. know uh, he's never mentioned in this one, so you can assume that that's, that's canon. True. But it's you know, yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get it, like, on, on his account being like, you know, I, I had nothing to do with 3, so why should I bring a whole lot of stuff from 3? And, uh, you know, they didn't bring in that stupid-ass voice changer, so that's a plus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, maybe one day, like, 50 years down the road, that technology well, will yeah, actually Yeah, it'll make more thing. sense, yeah. And we'll be like, ah, oh, they were ahead of the curve. Look at them. <laughs> I remember they had an actual app that they released when this movie came out, and it didn't work as well, you know, as the real thing should, but uh, you oh, could yeah. talk into it and sound like Ghostface for a while there. It's probably still That's out there. Cool, though. Yeah. Uh, AOL keyword scream for? Exactly. Well, let me go search. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me pop up my AOL and see if it's still I don't, Yeah, I don't really even remember what the internet was like in 2011. It was, it, it was mostly just Facebook and yeah. tw- Twitter, they mentioned Twitter at the beginning of this. I guess it'd be mm-hmm. Twitter now. And uh, yeah. but yeah, Instagram hadn't really taken off. I don't even know if it existed yet. No, and uh, I don't think it, it might have existed, but it might have just been like a tiny little thing. I feel like I don't think it was nearly as big as it is now. And yeah, we didn't have TikTok. We didn't have um, TikTok. Some of the other ones that have existed. Uh, Vine was a thing for a while, but I think that was even a little bit after this. Uh, um, Maybe in the next film they should use TikTok and just up upload the kills. Yeah. A little like five, a little five second, second <laughs> video. I guess it would be the TikTok, TikTok now. <laughs> TikTok Sid. And the, the the killer is some Chinese diplomat who's just you know, cashing in on all of your information that he's stealing from. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like that'd be a hoot. Isn't that how that, uh, 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 oh God, what's that, the movie that just came out a few years ago that was, um, Escape Room. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. Okay, well, I don't want to reveal anything, but, um. Don't worry, I'm never going to see it. You can okay. Tell me. <laughs> well, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, but at the end of it, like, it's revealed that there's this whole, like, global, uh, organization that watches all the escape rooms and everything else just for oh. the fun of it, basically, so it's like, you know, 
Uh, it's kind of like a like a hostile thing where people yeah, pay to like yes, watch yes. people just torture yes. themselves. You pay it pretty oh. much. So it's one of those types of situations. Yeah, I believe that was real. I yeah, I mean, it probably is real. People are fucking crazy. People are fucking weird. <laughs> people are nuts. Did you see that like whole sex ring thing with what's his face Epstein and all that shit that went down? Yeah, yeah. Bill Gates. Nuts. Yeah, fucking people are uh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's like nuts. you give people enough money and they're like, I don't want to go yachting anymore. Let's watch some people abuse themselves. It's like, what? No, how do you make that leap? I don't right? I mean, it. really. Remember, these are oh. these are people, folks. And uh, yeah, what the hell? Forget. Yeah. So there's there there's a good idea for Scream Six We're or getting, maybe Scream we, Eight. I think we we Let's have a lot of good ideas. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let us write it. <laughs> Martha Meeks is now a private investigator. Yes. And she she's going to solve the mysteries. Her and Sydney really are knows. now a couple and <laughs> <laughs> raising the babies that Sydney has. Yes. I like this. <laughs> I, this has legs. This has I a lot of so. legs. So I like it. And uh, even though Martha's brother could never get the girl, Sydney could. I mean, uh, Martha <laughs> could get the girl too. So then Randy's ghost shows shows. Shows up. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. There's a little scene there. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? We've had ghost moms and other things, so, uh, you know, yeah. we, could, we could do that. Um, okay, what else? I, again, lots of stuff about this one. Much like 3, it was just, like, a little bit of a clusterfuck here. And uh, the original opening opening scene had Sydney fighting Ghostface, and then she was left for dead, but then there was going to be a two-year flash-forward thing where she, she would come back to Woodsboro and everything else. Um... They cut that out. There were a bunch of other differences that didn't reach the screen, um, some, of, some of which we know about, some of which we don't know about. I know the whole, like, Stabathon was not in the original script. I don't mind that, though. I, 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 I kind of like it. It reminds me of the, the Rocky Horror stuff in Halloween 2. Yeah. I, I kind of think, I mean, they don't do a lot with the set piece itself. Yeah, they, they, they could have done, done more with, with it. That. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I like the concept. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah. That was we fun. get to see more of a Heather Graham. Heather Graham, yeah, that was kind of fun. I, kind of, I wish we would have saw more scenes from other movies. That would have been kind of fun. You think, but... like, I would love that. Because yeah. really, in this movie, we see a few little bits from, like, Stab six or whatever. Six and seven, I six, believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell because they're connected. Yes. But, um, like, we don't really see a lot. Like, in the new one, we see that one little clip from, I guess, part eight or nine. Um, but I, I would like to see more. I think the new one was a clip from the original. They right? do have the new clip. Yeah. The stuff. But then there was Randy. another one. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah what was um, it? but yeah. But like, what if they seriously got like David Schwimmer Schw- Schw- to come, mm-hmm. come in and play some scenes as Yeah. Duty. That would be great. They could have de-aged him a little bit in there if they had to. And, yeah. And, uh, that I mean, good. he's friends with Cor- Courtney Cox. Yeah. She could call in a favor. Yeah. Yeah, the, I'm sure Tori Spelling would come back too. Yeah, the, the, those scenes were always so fun in the, the second one with yeah, you know, all the Tori great. Spelling and Luke Wilson stuff. And you know. yeah. I don't know if you could get Luke Wilson these days, but you could try. I mean, I don't know. He's he's he on might some be up for it. teen show now. Yeah, know. he could he could be up for it then. Yeah. Um, what else? You know, we talked about the ending was changed. Originally, Jill was going to survive, um, and I guess there was going to be a paramedic. That announces that Sydney's still alive. So it's kind of similar to what you said, but I like your idea of having it be like a mid-credit sequence. That would have been a good time. Hilarious. Yeah. 
people leave the theater and then the, <laughs> we've got a pulse cut to black ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck I've got to wait another year or two to see what happened fuck if only uh, yeah and then you know there were some treatments that never ended up happening for five and six like we said and the second one or in the fifth one Jill was going to go to college and there was going to be someone there who knew that she was a killer and was, I guess, going to start telling people, so she had to kill those people to keep it covered up, which would have been an, a really interesting uh, turn of events. Very different, A very different kind of screen movie, because yeah. that, that's the thing about these movies. Even though they try to keep them fresh, they're all kind of the same thing, you know, over and over yeah, again. Whereas, someone else is putting on the ghost face yeah. mask and asking what their favorite scary scary movie is. Right. It, it is basically the exact same. It's basically, you know, they change, they change up the motives a little bit, but... And some of them yeah. are campier or more serious than others, but at the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing over and over. The the main thing you go to, I feel like, is for the, the character development a little bit, and yeah. you know, the, the the kills are always interesting, but they're they're not like like we said, like Saw or anything else, where it's like really elaborate no. things or anything else. So, um, yeah, I just go to catch up with my my main trio. Me too. Yeah, know, that's really yeah the only reason. And then for his Scream 6, apparently it was going to be this, like, love story between Dewey and Gale, or at least, like, about their complicated relationship, and that could have been interesting. Um, hmm. And uh, I don't know how the slasher stuff would have played into that, but I guess it was going to take yeah, place like... at, like, a cable news station thing, or, but, uh... Oh, I don't know. I could see if it was in a cable news station, someone ki- killing to get a story or something. I don't yeah. know. I might, yeah. That might be in- interesting. A, a little more adult centric which i think i think yeah would work that could be yeah that could be good something fresh that would be interesting if they made it like a really isolated thing where like they were all locked in the building and people were being Mm -hmm. offed one by one that could be interesting (gasps) you know the killer could be barbara walters (laughs) she's really upset that gail has like stolen her thunder and she's like gail why do you do this and she's just like that was the worst Barbara Walters impression ever. And then she pulls off her Barbara Wal- Walters mask, and it's Diane Sawyer. And uh... <laughs> and then they pull it off again, and it's Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and then it's Katie Couric, and it just keeps going over and over again. Why are we not allowed to write these movies? <laughs> we have such strong ideas. Hey, it worked in Happy Birthday to me, so I think it sure did, it, God damn it. we can make it work here. It was an homage, okay? It was an homage. That's right. It's an homage. We're paying tribute. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I think there's still time to make that movie, so I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Gail in the world of nightly news. Come on. I think that would be it works. pretty great. That could even be like a spinoff from the Scream series, you know? Just oh, focus on her. Yeah. Oh my great. god, I'd be so into that. Yeah, just uh, like leave leave Sid alone. She's she's yeah, been she's, through she's enough. been through enough. But Gail can handle you know, it. She just wants she's, to retire yeah. with her kid and her yeah. husband. But Gail is going to keep trucking. Yeah, she's a fighter. She's scrappy. Yeah, you know she chooses to be in the entertainment entertainment industry and all the news That's industry right. stuff. So she knows it's going to be a hard yeah. job, and it's going to be like a metaphor for mm-hmm. like her having to keep working to stay ahead and all that. That's and, uh, right. You know. Oh. This court. Okay. This court. Come on. Disney Plus, are you listening? Let's do a, a <laughs> spin-off series like you do with all the Star Wars <laughs> things. Yeah. Come on. Let's do that. I think I, I, this seems very on brand for Disney Plus, <laughs> you know? Maybe Sid could have a sp- spin-off too, but it's just like her like reading be- bedtime stories to yeah. kids or cooking, you know? Like yeah. something nice and pleasant Sid for her to do. Uh, cooking extravaganza <laughs> and it'll be like <laughs> 
Top Chef with Sidney Prescott. And uh, she's... Now stay away from these knives. They get very sharp. I should know. I'm <laughs> Sidney should... fucking Prescott. <laughs> uh, taking her oh, kids. Kids. Gold. Kids, taking the kids to soccer practice and, you know, just yeah. being a mom. That's Why what we not? want. Why not? It's like Desperate Housewives, but with Sydney. She would not Ooh. stand for any of their shit. She'd that be like, be I've been through so much worse. That would be good. Yes. They'd like, step back, breathe, Van de Camp. I'm done with your shit. Why didn't they bring her on to Desperate Housewives? She would have been so good on that show. would have been wonderful. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. There's more here. All right. So they bring in Aaron Kruger from Scream 3. Um, and he comes in, I assume, pretty late into production and does a bunch of rewrites here. And uh, Craven just said that it was a very bumpy period where there was a shift in writers. And uh, he said he signed on to do a script with Kevin. And unfortunately, that didn't come all the way through. But he did say that there was still a lot of Kevin's script here. And the concept and characters and the themes are at least what Kevin wanted. Um, but it's just, it's just like you can tell when the dialogue is Kevin's and when it's not. It's like yeah. the, it, it's just a lot more clever. And mm-hmm. like I know for a fact he did not fucking write that stupid ass cop death you know the, the, oh, the sequence my, of that see, like that that one made me so angry when yeah. i first saw it because the first part of that is really disturbing like when yeah. he's stabbed in the head and he's like walking out of the car and he's like trying to like hit ghost face but he can't it's probably one of the most disturbing scenes in the franchise yeah and then there's that fucking line yeah and i'm yeah. like you just ruined it completely and now i cannot take the rest of this movie even remotely seriously it kills it and like yeah kills the tone craven like it was craven's idea to do the whole like him stumbling and stuff which is fine but like yeah yeah, when you have that stupid ass bruce willis line it's like what it's it's okay it's so stupid it's dumb um uh yeah so i don't know which writer contribute contributed to that but you know fuck them and <laughs> yeah uh, because they also <laughs> yeah it's horrible i know at least one of the other writers was this guy named paul harris boardman i didn't look up look up what else we he done but um but yeah there were apparently several writers like you said involved in arbitration so w- who knows Ugh. uh and then yeah quick things with casting you know nev and david and courtney obviously came back and they announced that in september 2009 so that was a, quite a bit in advance there and then Hayden Panettiere came in, and she was fresh off Heroes and a couple other things. And uh, Rory Colgan signed on. Um, he's, of course, the brother of Macaulay and Kieran. And the son, son of, of our... His, yes, our <laughs> number one enemy, nemesis, Kit Colgan, <laughs> who keeps trying to bring down our podcast. <laughs> Why was Kit not the villain in this? <sighs> Basically, mm. you know, he he keeps reading all those angry fan letters to us, and I'm like, calm down, Kit Colgan. <laughs> Jeez. Trying to bribe our kid. podcast sponsor to take us off the air and Ugh. how dare you, kid. Fucking kick Culkin. Go exploit another child. Yeah. Good lord. They originally cast Ashley Green to play Jill, but for some reason that didn't end up that. happening. So Emma Roberts came in. And this was before Emma Roberts became like Ryan Murphy's it girl basically uh yeah but it's interesting that she went on to play basically the same role in everything ryan murphy yeah. did <laughs> hasn't she basically played this part for the past like 50 decades? times yeah i think so. everything she's done yeah it's it, and then the the few times that she's tried to, to play like the nice girl like i think she was fairly nice on maybe it was season four of american horror story where mm-hmm. it was the freak show right right and she was like playing like this nice girl and i was like this doesn't work for me nope 
Yeah. We just know her as the, the bitchy character. Spot. Yeah, this is what yeah. she does best, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but yeah. fortunately, this is, you know, what yeah. she excels in, you know. She's quite good at this. And I do yeah. love the fact that she's playing a character who's angry at her her aunt's success and fame when mm-hmm. her own aunt is Julia Roberts. And it's like there's That's that true. weird layer of, That's like, true. is she just channeling her own rage into, yeah. into this part maybe a little it's bit. It's very meta right? Yeah. It's so meta. Yeah. How meta can you get? A meta what? <laughs> What's a meta with you? Uh... Well there's the title of the episode. <laughs> we'll see. <God. laughs> Not my best work. We, we got some time. Maybe something else will come out here. <laughs> um, Alright. I'm going to wrap this up here let's see lake bell was cast as judy hicks but then dropped out i remember that too yeah like four days before they started filming so they get marley shelton who was of course had had been in valentine and some other stuff but i mostly care about valentine (laughs) yeah sugar and spice also good and uh like you said lauren graham was gonna be in in here but then kate uh who they get instead it was mary mcdowell stepped in Mm -hmm. and uh yeah just darko yes dances with wolves yes quite the pedigree oh, she's, she's so good at donnie darko yeah she's great oh, she's wonderful yeah. that's why i'm like why did they give her this part where she has like three lines yeah it's weird it is weird it's i feel like it was probably more in depth than kevin williamson's script but uh, yeah. it must have been because i'm like yeah. why would L- L- lauren graham drop out too because i remember yeah. she was on a talk show talking about it like oh mm-hmm. i'm i'm gonna be in scream four it's so exciting i get a lot mm-hmm. of fun stuff to do and i'm like Clearly, she couldn't have read the same script where she right. had three lines. Exactly. Exactly. And then it was just kind of rounding out the rest of the cast. You know, you got Anthony Anderson and Allison Brie, who was known for Community at the time, and uh, mm-hmm. Adam Brody, who had just done Jennifer's Body, um, Eric Nedson, Marley Jaffe, Nico Tortorella, who has done quite a bit since then. And then there are just like a ton of cameos in this opening sequence. You know, you got... Anna Paquin, who was in True Blood and X-Men, and Kristen Bell, Veronica Mars, Shanae Grimes, who was in Degrassi, and 90210, the uh, reboot, and Lucy Hale, who was in Pretty Little Liars, Amy Teagarden, who was in Friday Night Lights, and Britt Robertson, who was in The Secret Circle and Life Unexpected. So it was, it was kind of uh, bringing in all these TV actors who had mostly done, like, CW-type shows, which was kind of a callback to the original. They filmed this on a budget of $40 million dollars. And Whoa. mostly shot in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is different. They must have got a tax yeah. break or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first movie where they used some CGI for stuff in terms of, like, uh, instead of using an actual knife, they actually added the knife in post for the most part. So they didn't have, like, a retractable oh. knife. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, well, I think there were some moments on, I think, the third film where a knife didn't close properly oh yeah and it like i think it entered scott foley maybe yeah now that you say that yeah so that makes sense and so like i think west got kind of scared like oh maybe we should just add it in post yeah 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 i think he said his scream is like an actual scream of like being stabbed with something apparently (laughs) um yada 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 this is, the, this is the first one in the series that Patrick Luzier did not return for, the acclaimed director of Dracula 2000, as we said. Uh, so he was... Re- you leave that movie alone, God damn it. Alone. <laughs> We're going to cover it at some point. You acknowledge its brilliance. Okay. <laughs> you just need to stop. It's just I the best. I love that movie. It's so it's stupid. Trash. It's... 
Um, oh god. He was replaced by Peter McNulty, who had done Last House on the Left and My Soul to Take, unfortunately. But then he went on to do Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. So I don't know if Paul Thomas Anderson just saw this movie oh, and was like, let's br- let's bring this guy in to do The Master. All right. Obviously, he was like, let's do that, but let's not use the weird soap opera filter that they use on this movie. I am so confused I don't know what that. that's about. I've never understood it, especially because it. the contrast between 3 and 4, because 3 was so glossy and, like, anti- antiseptic mm-hmm. and, like, just very clean. And then this is just, like, I want to, like, smudge it off a little bit. Like, there's something on the, the camera the whole yeah. time. Like, it's, it's like a dream sequence. I'm like, I what's just, going on? I don't know. Yeah, what is that about? It's like every time they're outside, it's like everything's just glowing. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, whose choice was this exactly? Like, were they shooting on digital for the first time and they were like, we're not sure how this is going to work? Let's yeah, I don't get it. Let's slap some filters on it to make it look more filmish, but it, I don't get it doesn't. I would not hate Odd. if they adjusted that for the 4K release. Like, sorry, but... <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, uh, that would be very nice. Yeah. Um, And then finally, it got a release in theaters, ostensibly, <laughs> On April fifteenth, two thousand eleven, for like a uh, week, <laughs> you know, we were there, but <laughs> yeah, apparently not for very, very many other people were. But um, yeah, it was a shame. I, I really, really do think it played for like maybe three weeks. And yeah, then it was gone. It was not very long. It, it, it's like it didn't do well in the U.S., but it had a pretty decent international take. So it ended up making mm. like ninety-seven million dollars, which is not terrible i mean it's not over 100 million like the other ones did and of course those were a decade earlier so you know inflation Mm -hmm. and everything else but it still over doubled its budget which i feel like some people talk about this movie like it was like a huge box office bomb and it's like it wasn't it just didn't do very well in the united states it only made 40 million dollars in the united states which screen 5 has already made that much but again inflation Mm -hmm. and everything else but still um and i mean it's not like they spent any money marketing it yeah that was the problem yeah there was no marketing or anything yeah (laughs) Um, in terms of critics, pretty mixed, um, not bad, but just a little all over the place again. And, uh, Ebert gave it two out of four stars. So very mixed review here. Um, he said it was pretty cliched in terms of slasher stuff. Uh, but he did, he complimented Craven's direction and Williamson's dialogue whenever it is Williamson's dialogue, who knows, but, uh, um, but then some other places like the. Uh, the Entertainment Weekly said it was a giddy reminder of everything that made Scream fresh. And then uh, the Los Angeles Times said it finds a way to live up to its gory past while it carves out new terrors in new ways. Like, did it really have a gory past? I don't, none of the, the original films are all that gory, but. This one does have a few moments where right. I feel like it's probably at its most violent. Like, I do think the uh, the death of Olivia, I think yes. that's right. Yes. Her death is just, like, so over the top. It goes on forever, and it's like, oh, it's, my God. It's pretty mean. It's brutal. <laughs> and you see, like, intestines hanging out and everything. And they were initially yeah, going to see that. They had a cut scene, I remember, where it was, like, her hanging from a rafter or something and, like, her guts hanging out and oh. everything. And uh, so, yeah, we talked about, like, how Scream 3 was so uh, uh, neutered tame, with the kills yeah. uh, because of uh, – columbine but this one you could get away with pretty much anything after all the saw movies and everything else yeah really um i I think to some degree they kind of had to do that because it was kind of a you're making commentary on all that stuff so you had to make it like real and you know to some degree um but then some of the kills are not very you know intense like allison breeze like she gets stabbed once and then thrown over balcony like you know like like uh sarah michelle geller and uh um 
who was it? Tyson, the actor in oh, three. Tyson, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor, but yeah, uh, Dion Richmond. Yes, thank you, Dion Richmond. Yes, it's a little bit of a callback there. Yeah. Um, but like you said, there's been some a little bit of reevaluation of this movie over the years. Not like a Jennifer's Body, you know, full out. Uh, (laughs) thing but just in terms of the fact that like you said it was sort of foreshadowing the social media and how um the extreme lengths that teenagers would go to to get fame on the internet and then after it was released you know there was talks potentially of five but it didn't make that much at the box office so they were like you know let's just put this aside for a while so they did the tv show instead which is not very good but it exists uh has some moments that are okay in the first season, but then it, it just it didn't need to go any further than that. But they they did something where like you find out who one of the killers is at the end of the first season, and then they have an entire second season where you have to try to figure out who the second killer was. And it's like by that oh, point, I'm just like I don't care, like Jesus. I just don't give a shit. And then the third season was like a reboot basically, and the only reason to watch that one was because they brought back the mask and uh, Roger came back to do the voice. But mm. of course, Wes Craven himself died in 2015. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think after that, people just didn't really have the appetite for, you know, this franchise anymore. No. And, especially, and then after the Harvey Weinstein stuff, that took off. Um, yeah. In some ways, that ended up being... I mean, look, it was a terrible, terrible thing. And, like, everything he did was very terrible. But it at least got the Scream franchise out of his hands. and uh, Right, yeah. And into hands of people who actually wanted to do something with it and who respected it. And were kind of like... true. Yeah. And they gave the filmmakers, I think, more leeway in terms of pretty much doing what they wanted to do. So I did hear they sent the script to Kevin Williamson a couple times and got some notes from him. So yeah, so that's good anyway. At least they got some feedback from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost wish they would have let him write some of the dialogue in the movie, but what oh, do you I know. Yeah, um, it's a shame. Because it's... Uh, even in this one, there's some pretty snappy dialogue in this that I, I just didn't get a whole lot of in 5. And I get mm-hmm. they were going for more serious like tone so maybe it wouldn't have you know totally jived with that but there were there were some moments in there that were you know had some Mm -hmm. quip to it anyway um yeah okay so that's most of the production stuff uh any big stuff we did talk about let's see um there was a trailer like we said it kind of sold the movie as a half remake half sequel type thing uh so that, that i i went in expecting it to be sort of a remake where, you know, uh, some of the kids were going to survive and maybe one or two of the new people were going to survive. So it at least survived, it at least surprised me in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know some people, you know, didn't really like that, which totally, uh, I appreciate that. But I, I guess I just like that I, I wasn't expecting it. So um, that, I appreciated that. I kind of like the, the simplicity of the plot too. Um, I, I think three had started to go really off the wall and scenes that didn't really connect to anything else. And I do think this one is at least fairly straightforward to the point where it's basically just copying one, but, uh, mm-hmm. at least it is, uh, it has at least a sequence of events that like sort of makes sense in, uh, in order. Whereas three was kind of just like, let's jump over here. Now we're over here. And okay, now we're back here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I appreciate the, the the return to simplicity, which five does as well. You know, five is very much like let's mm-hmm. just take it down to the nuts and bolts, and um, it plays things more serious in five. But uh, uh, at least it has that sort of straightforward feel for the most part, and return to Woodsboro and everything else. Again, we're trying not to spoil anything with five here, folks. So we're just talking in general general terms here. So we're not hopefully we're not giving anything big away here. But yeah, yeah, um, I think that's about all the big stuff I had. 
So, uh, do you have anything else? No, not okay. really. <laughs> well then, what's going goodbye, on? Everybody. Yeah, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> um, well, so the film opens on two girls, and they're in the kitchen chatting. Do they have a cup? And they... No cups. Hold hold the cups. Hold the cups. And they get a phone call from this creepy dude. Sounds like Ghostface. He's all like, hey, uh, what's your favorite scary movie? Do you want to die? And uh, another girl uh, is chatting with someone on her phone, and it's this guy she's been talking to who just has, like, this headless torso pic. <laughs> that her, it's her a... friend is like, that's Channing Tatum. And she's like, it is? What? It's a grinder pick, basically, yeah. Pr- pretty much, yeah. If you've ever been on the grinder, which I don't really recommend, it's just yeah. a sad place. It is. Um, that's pretty much all it is. It's like, here's my nipples. You want to mm-hmm. go on a date? I'm like, no, yep. not, not, not. I'm really. good. Um, like, I don't do date nipples. nipples speak? Sorry. I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> if if they can hold a conversation, maybe. I don't maybe. know. But, um, and so, um, she's all like, yeah, I've been talking to this guy. He's really mysterious. And he says like, how are you? How do you want to die? Stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's weird. And, um, they get another call on the landline and it's Ghostface again. And they're all like, this is really creepy. What's going on? It's like, it might be for you. Cause you're the one with the stalker and stuff. I and like that. They have some little bits about like, you know, how Saw is you know such a great movie right. and everything else and uh because they're gonna watch a scary scary movie they're gonna watch a scary movie and uh what she has some line that's it was pretty much what i said after halloween kills came out where she's like but you don't yeah. care who dies because there's no character development there's just body parts right. ripping and blood <laughs> spewing blah <laughs> yeah this sounds familiar sounds like um horror fans talking on facebook basically yeah <laughs> and then they find out that the killer might be outside so they open the door and they take a peek, peek around, and the killer's not outside. Nope. And then um, Stalker Girl gets a uh, a text, and it says, I'm not outside. I'm right beside you. And she's like, what? And then Ghostface pops out and stabs her in the neck. And the other girl runs outside, but there's two Ghostface, and, 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 and he slashes her in the th- throat, and she bleeds out. Yep. And then, surprise, it's actually the opening for a stab movie mm-hmm. and it's being watched on the couch by Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell for some reason <laughs> and Anna Paquin's just like going on and on a, a, about how it's so predictable and you can see er- everything coming and mm-hmm. you know like they haven't really updated the formula because why would there be a stalker on like an instant mes- mes- messenger because now it, it would be Twitter you know mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that and she's like, you can see everything coming. There's no su- surprises. And then Kristen Bell pulls out a knife and stabs her in the stomach. And it's mm-hmm. like, did you see that coming, bitch? And then she's Stick like, shut, a fork. shut the fuck up and watch the, the rest of the movie. <laughs> Stick a fork in 1996 already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they do. And uh, It is, yeah. They're, they're, they're kind it, of, uh, damn it, I don't want to say anything about five. So keep going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then it turns out that's the opening of another stab movie. Stab seven. Yeah. I remember. There are, it's, I did it's have fun with within this. a stab. I did have fun with yeah. this in the theater. This is a I was like, yeah. great opening. Yeah. Um, and then we meet the, we think the, yeah. the real part of the movie, yeah. uh, these, the, these two teenage girls, uh, Marnie and uh, I don't know. Is it, uh, Marnie and I can't remember. Jen? I don't know. We'll go with know. that. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to die sure. in a second anyway, so um, who cares? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have like no personality at all, so it doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah. Um, 
and they're talking about how like oh this is my favorite my favorite one it gets me every time like how have you not seen these we live in woodsboro mm-hmm. you know it's based on sydney prescott blah 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 yeah yeah and um then one of them goes upstairs and then um they get a a, a prank call um with her friend pretending to be Ghostface because there's like an app now that you can just download to pretend to be Ghostface, which seems very insensitive to the victims of this crime. <laughs> but okay. Well, we'll and, get to um... that when they have all these these scream mass effigies hanging around the whole town. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then um, while she's on the phone pranking her friend, she hears her like gasp and moan and like the 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 the, the phone cuts out. So she goes downstairs and finds her friend's phone just hanging there and she's like what the hell so she um she, it rings and she picks it up it's Ghostface, and she's like how did you get this you don't even have the app haha and it's Ghostface being like you're the dumb blonde with the big tits who's gonna get killed in the opening and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and and she's like i've got a high gpa asshole and stuff <laughs> and then um he's all like you better start running and she's like why and then her friend's body like flies through the window and like lands at her feet and here comes Ghostface and there's a big chase up the stairs and then she en- ends up like in between the walls because like, I guess they're doing like const- construction on the house. So it's like there's this weird room. Mm-hmm. It's like a closet that yeah. leads to these stairs that go into the garage and Ghostface pops out and like stabs her in the back and she falls down the stairs and then she tries to get to the garage and she goes under the garage but then Ghostface turns the garage on and like pins her down. It's a callback to the first one, right? Yeah. 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 And then here comes the title. It's Scream 4. And, you know, I've got some problems with this opening. Sure. I don't think the real part of the opening is effective really at all. I think it's Mm. kind of flat. But, like, the first two fake outs, I think, are really fun. Yeah. And then it's like, it almost feels like the real part is more spoofy than the first two parts which is kind of weird yeah just i can weird. see that it, it i don't know they had to walk a weird line because you don't know if it's yeah. a scene from the movie still or if it's a right a scene from so that that was probably part of it where it's like if we if you play it too seriously then it's like we don't think it's yeah. a scene from any of the stab movies anymore but uh well it, it kind of sucks too because there's an alternate opening that i thought was much more effective that they didn't use because apparently the wine scenes were like there's no phone call in this opening we need to reshoot it and put a phone call in i'm like no one gives a fuck if there's a phone call i'm sorry the the fans are not going to revolt if there's no phone call it's not like two two didn't have a phone call really yeah yeah and it's a great opening yeah not unless you count heather graham in the movie within the movie right right you know i mean they have that within the movie within the movie in this one so (laughs) they already had a phone call and they had texting what more do you want weinsteins good lord yeah so yeah that i i feel like that was kind of yeah that's that's fair there that's fair Um, i think um but you know it does at least sort of give you a little bit of background information about some things like we find out that the first three sad movies are based on sydney prescott and then Mm -hmm. um then she threatened to sue (laughs) yeah and then five has time travel uh and they later mentioned that like the first seven are based off of books by Gail Weathers. And I'm like, has Gail written seven books or has she just How written many like fucking books? Can you write on that yeah. stuff? Good Lord. Or did she just write like three and then they just kept making movies kind of inspired by, you know, I would think, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like how they keep making children of the corn films based on a short story by Stephen yeah. King. <laughs> like, yeah. 
It's like I don't think he has anything to do with these. Like yeah. it's just ridiculous. And then somehow they're um, able to still use Sidney Prescott, the character, in all of them, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I mean, you, you'd think if she sued, they if wouldn't be allowed If she sued, to. they wouldn't be allowed. But I, maybe it's just – they can't – I don't know. The laws are weird like that. You know, sometimes you can get get by with one like, – like all the Friday the 13th stuff, how like you can – Yeah. Like the, one person owns the right to this just this character and then somebody else mm-hmm. owns the right to like other stuff and it's it, international rights versus yeah, – I, I think that's why they changed the last few to like Jason goes to hell, Jason yeah. X, yeah. Freddy versus Jason instead of like Friday the 13th part whatever. Probably, you know? yeah. 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 Maybe they have a ca- ca- character now that's just named like – Pidney Srescott. You know? <laughs> could be. Like, could be. <laughs> it's a, a very lifelike <laughs> version, but yeah. I love Pid Pidney. Pidney. She's Pid. such a survivor. <laughs> Alright, Pid, come on. <laughs> Pid. <laughs> and uh and speaking of Pidney, Pidney, here comes Sydney Prescott in a rental car with her publicist, mm-hmm. Rebecca. I like the um, song that's playing during this. It's, it's just a catchy little tune. Oh, Something yeah. to die for. Anyway. Yeah, it's like they're trying to bring back, like, that soundtrack era of, like, let's yeah. call in some bands and, you yeah. know, get some songs on there. Sure. And uh, and she comes in to promote this book that she wrote, Out of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees all these, like, ghost face masks on the, the, the light poles around town. And she's all like, oh, well, just these she's dumb like, kids. You know? Kids being kids. It's the, it's the an- anniversary, you know. Yeah, I like how the cops don't even bother to try to take these down. They just just, just leave yeah. them up. Like, well, although it's been ten years, and a- yeah. apparently there, there there have been no crimes. Fifteen years, are. apparently. That's it's like the fifteenth anniversary. Really? Of, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. oh, well, oh, well, I I guess of the original movie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Ten years yeah. since. Yes, I see what you're saying. Since. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so like people the, don't. The last attack, but. Yeah. yeah. It's like people don't follow the any of the attacks that didn't happen in Woodsboro. It, it's like. It makes sense. Yeah. Like at least it wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tarnishing our good reputation. Right. That's why five is kind of weird so. because it's like we just had an attack like ten years ago in town and yeah. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Oh well, and uh, and yeah, so we get to meet Dewey again, and and he's uh, he's he's now the sheriff, and Gail is having trouble trying to figure out something to write. I have no um, fucking idea, no what, fucking to idea write. what to write. <laughs> Relatable, yeah, <laughs> very much so. I've been there many times, <laughs> and uh, and uh, there is a problem because uh, Dewey gets a call saying that two girls, two high school girls, were murdered, and he's like, oh no. And we also get to meet Jill, who is Sydney's niece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I'm trying to think. What, and then we meet Kirby, mm-hmm. who is her friend, who's kind of like a movie nerd of sorts. She's kind of like a Randy gender swapped. Her favorite scary movie like is a, Bambi, as she says. Of course, yeah. And we meet Olivia as well, who doesn't really have much of a personality <laughs> She's either. just kind of there, yeah. Just sort of sarcastic and like, oh, so your um your aunt is the angel of death. Oh my god, like she shouldn't be the heroine for the stab movie. She's more like Final Destination. Like wherever mm-hmm. she goes, people die. Mm-hmm. And they get this creepy phone call from it's either like Marnie or whatever her name's uh, Cell, and it's Ghostface being like, oh, what's your favorite scary movie? And so you're like, uh oh, something's starting again. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at the book signing. Um, 
it, it, it gets crashed by Dewey because he's like, there's been another string of murders to to girls were killed and gail's like why didn't you tell me this like uh oh like i've got a new story <laughs> like her wheels are starting to turn it's starting to turn and, and uh, she has she gets another doppelganger in this movie with um allison Brie. oh my god it's like two oh, Lord, three yeah. two three and four all have like doppelganger characters for uh, yeah courtney here and this character is great. the publicist of sydney and the agent i guess who like yes comes in she's for... very excited that there's mm-hmm. been a new string of murders because that means that there's this that the publicity for this book is going to go like off the charts and they're just going to sell out so much and she's booked like the view and like all these special shows for sydney and stuff fuck me wow Um, that's her like catchphrase there (laughs) fuck me wow (laughs) there's been some murders yay (laughs) um and she sort of makes an ass of herself by basically telling gail that like her show was like her childhood and stuff and even her name you thought about your your tarnished brand and stuff yeah ridiculous yeah, and then she gets punched yeah. in the face, um, which is fun. Which Gail already yeah, got to do in three, but now she gets to do it again. She gets to punch someone. Uh, Wait, does 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 she get punched? Well, she punched. I don't oh, does she punched. not punch in this one? Oh, you're right. No, no. she just gives the the little thing and then walks away. My bad. I'm thinking of three yeah, where she. I'm thinking of three like, where she punches. Uh, did if you only watch the special cut. I don't understand. <laughs> she should have because she she got to punch Parker nice. Posey in the third one. So she she should get to punch Rebecca Walters. And, which, by the way, Rebecca yeah. Walters sounds like a news I mean, anchor name on, too. Yeah. Yeah. Little Barbara Walters thrown yeah. thrown in there. Yeah, and uh, so we watched Sydney so many movies is, this month uh, that my brain is just like <laughs> blending them all together so at this point. It's all the same thing. I mean, it, yeah. they all basically have the same plot, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh. And they've also found this like cell, cell phone that's been traced to sydney's rental car truck and inside there's like this blood and like used knife and stuff and yeah and like so headshots and everything like else a, yeah yeah so i guess like S- sydney can't leave now because she's tied into it so she was just gonna be here for, for like i guess a day or so but now yeah. she's like stuck here yeah and um she they, they interview all the, all the all the kids because they got creepy phone calls and kirby's all like well i didn't get a call does that mean i'm not gonna li- live as long as these two and, mm-hmm. and dewey's just like i don't know maybe probably i mean yeah. uh, i don't know he's just like <laughs> like i really don't know he always has that little hesitation um, yeah yeah and there there's some drama because see deputy judy mm-hmm. um she makes these lemon squares that dewey really likes mm-hmm. and it, it seems like there's kind of a flirtation. Like, she's all like, you're not cheating on your wife if you eat my lemon square and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Gail kind of sees right through her, and she's all like, um, stay out of my way because I wrote the book on this, and I need to be a part of this in- investigation. So let me talk to my husband. And he's all like, Gail, you cannot do this. You're not part of the team. And she's like, well, then fine. I'm going rogue. And, and by the way, Judy... Great. Your lemon squares your taste, lemon like squares taste like ass. <laughs> I also like the, the the little phrase he has. What is it like? I don't even mind that you bake those those treats for him as you do. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just <laughs> oh, it's just fun, and uh, and yes. Yeah, so now, um, Sydney is staying with her aunt. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Jill. There was a there was a great line from Kirby too. Where, what is it like? A, it was the killer's voice from Stab. Or I mean, oh, you know, you know, y- your, your life, your life. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <just> <laughs> I don't know. That's that always makes line. me laugh. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's a it, it's nighttime now, and they're at um her aunt's house, and there are two police officers that have been um given 
the orders to stay outside and pr- protect them. But as in the case with most of these movies, they're both colossal dumbasses. They're so um, stupid. It's yeah, like it's Judy is like the only. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad saying because Dewey is not a great police officer <laughs> not either. Really, no. <laughs> Judy is like the tries. only. One. <laughs> Judy Hicks is like the only one who can do shit in this town. But Judy's yeah. pretty competent though. Yeah. Like she's. she's yeah. she, she knows what's up. Yeah. And uh, Sydney and Dewey have a little conversation, and he's all, you know, sweet and stuff. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the, the meantime, her aunt and Jill and Kirby are, like, in the kitchen, and <laughs> and they're, they're like, my God, she's been attacked so many times. She must have scars <laughs> all over her. And the, the, the aunt's just like, yeah, I have scars, too. No one ever asks about my scars. It's just, like, such <laughs> just a little like, aside that, like, she's in her own little world, doesn't give a yeah. shit. Like it's it's. I, and I you're like maybe it. she could be the killer. Maybe she's jealous. Maybe. Yeah, they set her up as a red herring a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. And um and so then Sydney has like an encounter with Judy upstairs. This is weird. This is very it's weird. such a creepy scene because like yeah. Judy's just like hiding in the shadows. In the and shadows. Coming in like, hey, do you remember me from high school? We were in Peter Pan together. You were Tiger Lily and yeah. <laughs> Remember when like, you That was a long time ago. <laughs> remember when you culturally appropriated the character of Tiger Lily? <laughs> yeah. At first you start to think, uh oh, she's about to get canceled. Yeah, then... <laughs> hashtag cancel. Sydney Prescott is canceled. She played Tiger Lily in a school production. Oh my so god. That's the killer's canceled. mo mo motivation in part six. Is <laughs> I saw your production and I'm upset. Canceled. And I'm gonna cancel you for, for real. Yep. I'm sold. There, I'll, there I'll watch it. Why not? <laughs> I was ten years old when I saw that show. It you would offended be, me. It would be interesting if they tried to do something with like cancel culture and the the fifth one, but I don't know what they would really do with it because you I know, I, either way you're going to piss off a lot of people. But we'll see. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah. So um, then she notices that uh, Jill's boyfriend like sneaks into her room and stuff and is. Mm-hmm acting kind of Billy Loomisy and there's this whole yeah. thing where like he cheated on her and she's pissed off and it's like just teen drama that doesn't really go mm-hmm. anywhere but yeah yeah whatever and um and it's obvious they're trying to make him a suspect cuz he's all like sp- spooky and stuff mm-hmm. and uh and then Olivia's coming home and she lives next door and Kirby and Jill are just like watching movies in in their room and stuff and they're on the phone with her and um her mom's like out of town and stuff, so you're like, she's so gonna be killed next. Mm-hmm. And then Ghostface calls and is all like, "Hey, I'm in the closet." And and they open the closet and he's not in there. They're like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "I didn't mean your closet." And then it turns out he's in Olivia's closet and he pops out and stabs her like uh, I think three thousand times. <laughs> and um, it's pretty brutal. And it's then throws brutal. her through a fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> and Sydney sees this and she's like. Oh shit! And what I love is that she immediately runs across the street, like going into harm's way to save this girl. And it's just—it's admirable. I'm not gonna lie. She's been through this before. She knows, you yeah. know, how to handle this. And uh, and she's like, I want to stop this ASAP. She has apparently taken some karate lessons at this point, and uh, she oh, can, like, she knows her karate chops. Yeah, and she, she kicks can... this killer like kicks five him in times the fa- in, in the face at one point. Yeah, yeah just, like in the face. It's it's good. Yeah. And, of course, once she gets to the house, she's too late because, you know, she's been, like, totally disemboweled. And the killer yeah. calls and is like, it's a preview of coming events. I'm going to kill your whole family. Ah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And then Jill shows up, and she's like, oh, my God, they were right. You're the angel of death. And the killer pops out and slices her in the arm, which is a tell in these movies. If the killer pops out and only slices them in a superficial way, they might be in on this. Just putting it out there. True. And and then Sydney, like, kicks Ghostface's ass. And then by the time Hoss and Perkins come in, Ghostface is gone, of course. And then here yeah. comes all the news and all the townspeople. And I just love that everyone's like, we hate you, Sydney. This is all your fault. Go home. <laughs> it's so rude. It I'm like, is. as if it's like, are you still blaming her for this shit? Like, just, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. They're so mean. They are. Um, and then um, Sydney kind of decides that she doesn't want to continue, like, the book tour and stuff. And she tells Rebecca, like. I'm going to fire you because you seem like you're in this for the wrong reasons. Like, did you even read my book? And she's like, I was going to wait for the, for the movie. <laughs> and, so, and so Rebecca's fired. And as she's going into the parking garage of the hospital, she gets a call from Ghostface, and she's like chased. And he like jumps on her hood and like, doesn't he like take out like the, like a piece of her car so she can't start the car. Yeah. Something like, or has the keys yeah. or something. I can't remember. Yeah. I've already played. Um, but and, don't uh, they do a scene similar to this in Cursed where she's like being yes. yeah yes. In, a, in a parking garage type thing yeah that's right yeah, yeah. I guess Wes Craven loves a good par- parking garage and I why not so. they're creepy as fuck yeah and uh, and so yeah then Ghostface pops out and stab, stabs her and then Dewey's giving a press conference outside to the media and Gail's trying to like get in on on, on it and stuff and then mm-hmm. here comes Rebecca's corpse flying from the from the sky, and hits the the news van with an ex, ex, explosion of sparks, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh my god!" I and love how uh, Gail's, Gail's like response. <laughs> yeah, like, Let me know when you're back on Team Gail, okay? Team Gail. <laughs> <laughs> and she I she's had it. her own little like adventures going on on the side. Like she's agreed to uh, go to the school to be. Uh, well, That's they, right, didn't, yeah. they didn't want her at first. They were like, uh, "We no. just want Sydney," and she's like, "She's Daniel Radcliffe to my J.K. Rowling," which is a weird reference <laughs> now. But yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's Charlie and uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Richie. Richie. Yeah, that sounds right. Is that it? I hope. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, his his only real character trait is that he records everything on like a little headset thing yeah i better look that up i think it's richie i don't know we'll, we'll robbie, robbie 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 um, robbie robbie yeah. richie robbie richie, same yeah. thing mm-hmm. different words yeah. um <laughs> and uh so uh they are persuaded to let her come to the film club and they in- invite sydney as well and so once they get there it's like they're they're talking about all these rules and and it's stuff that doesn't really make sense yeah. Kind of like part three where they're, they, they, they go through these rules that don't really apply to the movie. Like they're like the only way you can survive in a, in a modern horror film is if you're gay, which doesn't ever, that part doesn't out. really make sense. What they say about yeah. the, um, the rules have changed in the sense that the unexpected is the new cliche. So like pretty much all the unexpected stuff that scream did is now cliche. So now you have to do mm-hmm pretty much just copy it essentially and do yeah. make these lame reboots that are basically the same thing so i think that's kind of what they're going at with that anyway but I, yeah right. the, the gay thing doesn't make any sense and it feels like something that was just yeah, added in by sense. i know kevin williamson didn't write it it was somebody yeah. else who added that he, in there. i think he said he did not do that line because yeah. he said he um, wrote robbie as gay but mm-hmm. this movie just treats robbie as more of a opportunist opportunist sort of you know we'll, we'll get I to robbie's so, death yeah. but like yeah. it's never implied yeah. really that he's gay until you know not about all, until really. he's about to die so yeah 
and they talk about how there's going to be this big stabathon, and Gail's like, okay, so like, where's it going to be? Where's this little circle jerk? Circle jerk. That's good. And and they're like, oh, it's kind of like an exclusive invitation only. And she's like, yeah. really, yeah. bitch, really. Yeah. Um, but eventually she does find out, and uh, because Jill is not allowed to go to the event because you know she's been through a lot and her mom is very protective and stuff jill is laying um, on laying this all on very thick you know she's like how do you yeah, handle people she, people staring at you all the time sydney you know I, I can never handle that yeah she's like i mean i just don't know if i could handle it i just don't know oh like, sorry one sec my please. headphones just died oh no wait no they're back oh okay are they back? okay anyway oh, okay well <laughs> we've got bloopers y'all yeah um, but yeah and uh so yeah, she's like trying to like get into Sydney's head, trying to fi- mm-hmm. figure out how she operates. And there's a creepy scene that only makes sense after you've seen the film once. Yeah. It's right after that conversation, and Jill leaves, and then Sydney looks in the window and she sees someone staring at her from mm-hmm. behind, like yeah. in a hallway. Yeah, and I guess it's Jill. I assume so. Which just makes it so much creepier that she's just like staring at her. Like it's just spooky. This character, yeah, um, it's like she she realizes she's not interesting enough on her own to be famous, so she has to yeah. basically copy Sydney and you know try to have her exactly. life. Essentially, it's it's sad, so really. Um, it's really sad. It's kind of it's and, all about uh, Eve, basically. You know, it, very much so. Yeah. And so here's the big stabathon, and Gail kind of sneaks in by putting on a ghost face mask. And I love when she first sneaks sneaks in, and she's just like trying to be all cool and stuff with all mm-hmm. of the kids, and she's like giving like thumbs up and stuff it's just so dorky and yeah. hilarious yeah and she puts these um these webcams in certain spots of the the barn where they're having this event so that she can see if there's going to be any activity from Ghostface. yeah and she goes back to her car and watches and as she's watching someone takes the cameras and blocks them so they can't be seen and she's like motherfucker so she calls dewey and she's like the killer's here like you need to come here like i think they're trying to film this like how meta can can you get like this how is you know the what a, how what a? like i don't, I know. don't know the kids were saying it <laughs> i heard the kids say it <laughs> and so he's just all like i don't know and she's like i've got your story right here come on now and she goes in to fix the cameras and of course she's attacked by the killer and what she sees is someone has put their own camera on a haystack and is recording her too and and um, Dewey comes just in the nick of time. Gail's ab- about to be stabbed, and he tries to shoot the killer. The killer stabs her in the shoulder, and she falls off the hayloft thing. Bang! The party's kind of over, because, yeah. you know, obviously. And the killer gets away. And um, back at the aunt's house, um, Sydney is trying to find Jill, right? Or, no, no, wait, um... Yeah, there's that's right. like I think. Uh, the um the cops are killed. The cops oh are yeah, killed. Hoss and Perkins are killed. Yeah, um and we get that horrible Bruce Willis line. Yeah, and I think one of them has found that Jill's window is open, and they're like, "What's that about?" And then when Sydney tries to get Jill, she discovers that um she's left and she's gone to this other party at Kirby's mm-hmm. because she. she didn't want to be stuck in her room so kirby's come to pick her up 
Yeah. And then here here comes Aunt Kate with her groceries, and she's all like, "Hey, I I got groceries." That's her second line of the movie, I think. Yeah. And um, and Sydney's like, "Jill's gone," and she's like, "Oh no, oh no!" And they try to run outside to um get it in the car but here comes ghostface and so they lock the back door and then they try to run through the front door but here comes ghostface on that side and so they they sort of wedge against the door and kate kind of slides down to sort of keep the door closed and her neck is right where the mail slot is and the killer sticks the knife through the mail slot (laughs) into her neck and kills her Never had a mail slot like that, you know. Uh, we've always just had I've a mailbox. Seen I've seen them, but yeah, I've never had I've them. Seen yeah. So it's, is it, it's possible. Is it usually that low like that, where you have to like dip down? And I don't know. I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. They're f- fucking weird. Yeah, interesting. I've never understood that. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so she's dead, and she's all like, "Tell Jill I'm sorry." If only she Ooh. fucking knew. Um, and uh, Sid is about to leave and then here comes Judy and she's like I saw a figure that was dashing across the lawn and she's all like just stay here and when Judy comes back Sydney's gone and she's got the car and she's going to Kirby's house to go save Jill and at Kirby's they're watching movies they're going to watch some some of the stabs and um it seems like there's like a little flirtation between Charlie and Kirby a little bit yeah, and she's very and, much in, in um, control of it, and she's like, you know, time time so. to make a move, and uh, yeah, he's like, oh, you make a move first, and she's like, I just did, um, yeah. and uh, and then Trevor and comes in, and it's like, who invited you, Trevor? <laughs> ruins everything. Trevor ruins everything. Fucking Trevor. That's <laughs> the moral of this movie. Trevor ruins everything. <laughs> it's true. Because <laughs> maybe if he didn't cheat on Jill, her psychosis would have just been dormant for a bit. Maybe I don't know. He's kind of the Maureen Maureen Prescott of this movie. You know, he, he is the Maureen Prescott. <laughs> He is. That's right. That's so true. If he could just keep his dick in his pants, it wouldn't get shot off. Okay. Come on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he shows up being all like red herringy. Yeah. And um, and then at some point, Sydney finally shows up, and Ghostface pops out, and um, I think Robbie's been killed at this point, right? He's like wearing his little headset. He's wearing his little headset, walking and around. Then... He gets attacked by there, – there's some wind chimes at some point, but then yeah, he gets yeah. attacked, and uh, he's like, well, there are rules. I'm gay, if it helps. And you're like, helps, okay, but are you gay? Like, whatever. Yeah, it's like he's not gay. I don't think he's gay. Yeah, I don't I, I don't, don't think know. he is. He's a liar. He's a cultural appropriator is what I think he so. is. <laughs> Much Cancel like Sidney Prescott. That's right. That's <laughs> fucking tight. Cancel really. everybody. <laughs> Cancel everybody. <laughs> Not the killers, though. The canceler. Not the the killers. It's okay that there's murder in this movie, but I'm not okay with there being gay, you know, things. I mean, I would love if Jill had had survived and she becomes this big celebrity, but then eventually she's canceled over something (laughs) really tiny. And then that drives her nuts again, and then she has to kill again. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That would be fun. But yeah. I digress. So, um, yeah. so Ghostface shows up and they find Robbie's body and they run up the stairs and Sydney tells Jill to hide under under the bed and Sydney goes on the roof and she calls Dewey and says, I'm at Kirby's and there's mm-hmm. the killers here and stuff. So he's on his way, you know, and uh, and eventually Ghostface pops out and tries to kill her. She falls off the roof, all that fun stuff. And then she goes back in the house and she can't find Jill. 
and then Kirby pops out and is all like, we can hide down here in the in the basement. And when they get down mm-hmm. to the basement, they see that Charlie is like drenched in blood outside on the porch. And he's like, let me in. I just found Robbie. And they're like, I don't know if we can trust you. And then like the lights just go off. Yeah. And then when they come back on, he's like tied up like Steve at the beginning of the first scream. Yeah. When when he's at the door, it reminds me of the faculty when, um, yes, yes. What's his name in that? Um, Oh shit. God damn it. Um, But you know who I'm talking about when he's like, um, he, he earned that D. Um, Yes. Yes. uh, (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) What is his name? Sean had Sean had is the yeah, actor. His character. What's the character's name? Uh, oh no! <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna no. have to look it up. Uh, oh, uh, my dementia started. Stan, Stan. There we Stan. go. Stan, 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 Stan the man. man. Stan okay. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does remind me of that. Let me in. Let and, me in. Uh, and uh, and so the lights come back on, and he's all tied up, and they get a call from Ghostface, and they start to ask Kirby these questions, and as Kirby's being asked these questions, Sydney goes upstairs, gets a knife, and tries to find Jill. And they they're finally like, name the the horror remake where blah blah blah. And she just starts to list all of them. <laughs> and eventually, there's just this long pause, and she's like, "I got it right. Okay, I'm gonna go outside <laughs> and um, untie Char Char Charlie." And she does. Yeah. And then he pulls out a knife and just stabs her in the fucking stomach. And like, oh no, yeah, Not him. he's in Jeez. on this. He's he's kind of like you know you had four years of classes to make a move on me and now you decide to do it. And I'm like he's like you bitch. It's like oh you need to calm down, sir. You need to calm yeah. it down. Okay. His motives are questionable. He's he's a very yeah. stumacher kind of esque in, in terms of like he's yeah. socially uh, he'll cling on cling on to anyone who's nice to him basically, and that's mm-hmm. you know kind of how pretty much character doesn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the shed no. you know? we we don't know anything um, about his home life or background so, uh, which should be a not really no indicator that he's probably involved in this and there are a couple times earlier in the movie where uh, in the film class somebody says something and he gives him like a look that's like uh mm-hmm. implicates him a little bit anyway but yeah yeah and so sydney's still trying to find jill and she um she goes back into the basement and charlie pops out and like starts to strangle her and then she tries to make a run for the door and then another ghost face pops out and stabs her in the stomach, and they take off the mask, and it's Jill! <gasps> Can you imagine? Oh, the whole horrible. time? The whole time? The whole time? Daniel! 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 Daniel. And, uh, we need Sally Field in a scream. Why the yes. fuck not? You know? uh, <laughs> if As only. Sydney's other aunt. Yes, who actually Prescott. is the killer, yes. Yes. She was jealous of Maureen because she had an affair with her own brother. Yes. And was there we go. There's the VC Andrews writes Scream Six. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. We could do what We have so uh, many ideas. Yeah, I mean (laughs) we could do what they've started doing with Spider Man where like they just they've they they have made so many at this point that now they all have to like come together and like one has to connect to a different one and they have different universes and we could do that with Scream. We could have we have this all the killers came back. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? That'd be great. <laughs> Different timelines, like with Halloween, and we'll yeah. just, we'll make it work. Yeah, <laughs> why not? We'll do them all. We'll stay all night. Exactly. And um, and so yeah, it's Jill, and she is giving this whole speech about how she is so pissed off that Sydney is the famous one in the family, and she deserves the fame, you know. And and 
Sid's like, you killed your friends. And she's like, I don't need friends. I need fans. And you're like, oh, my God, this bitch is crazy. Oh, my like, God. You think you had a shitty boyfriend, Sydney? Here's one that fucks <laughs> you, dumps you, and doesn't even make you famous. <laughs> so shut the it's fuck like, up, all right? It's like, okay, so you've gone through teen angst. All right. That's no reason to murder. <laughs> and and they pull out poor Trevor. Yeah. He's, like, all tied up. And, and, and they just, like, shoot him in the dick. He's pretty much playing the part of Sydney's dad in this. He's, yeah, he's, even, he's even kind yeah. of dressed like him in that jacket and it everything. Kinda, but yeah, yeah, it's like know. a little like blue jean jacket yeah. or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they're like, looks look familiar, Sydney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're going to blame this whole thing on Trevor. And um, they've and been re- recording everything so they can actually show footage of everything that happens. Upload because, it because people don't read anymore, you know. Yeah. So you got to be able to see it. <laughs> true though yeah sad and um and so the whole plan is that they be like billy and stew but then charlie doesn't seem to realize that he's pretty much the the stew in this and um as he's getting geared up to take some stabs to make it look like you know they were attacked jill doesn't stab him in the shoulder stabs him in the heart Mm -hmm. and He's like, oh, no, that's not what we rehearsed. And Sid's like, yeah, just like Billy and Stu, that's what happened. So, <laughs> bye. Bye, Charlie. Um, and then she gets this whole, like, ten-minute monologue. That just, this monologue. Again, it's, it's I think great. it's probably the best monologue in the entire franchise. It's this monologue great. is perfection. And at one point, she's kind of she's like uh, Jan Brady thing, which is like, Sydney, 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 you were always so <laughs> fucking special. <laughs> And just like, you don't need to accomplish anything to be famous. You just have to have fucked up shit happen mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you, yeah. which is true. You know, it's like, it's this whole like victim culture thing that was just kind of starting out. It was, um, just, it was just like, what am I supposed to do? Go to college? Grad school? Work? Work? This <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's, it's like demented and funny at the same time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's and w- just, oh. Something about her mom in there too. Like, it's like I, I mean, for yeah. fuck's sake, I had to kill my own mother. No great loss no there. No big loss there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, she's only said three lines the whole time. I guess you're kind of right. I mean, she didn't pr- probably really her whole bring child much to the plate. <laughs> her whole childhood was like not talking to this woman at all. <laughs> and then she, when she says like, "You're there's only room for one lead here," and let's face it, your ingenue days are ingenue over. Days Sydney are over, and then she stabs great. her again, and you're like, "Oh no, not Sydney." And then um, she starts to fake this whole crime scene thing mm-hmm. by, like, yanking out her own hair and sticking a chunk of it in Trevor's hand and, like, using his fingers to scratch her face. Yep. And then she runs into the wall with, with a knife, stabbing her in the shoulder, and then runs into <laughs> a framed picture. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, okay, she's done, right? Like, I mean, what else can she possibly do? But, oh, no, our girl Jill is committed to the crime scene. She just leaps into this glass coffee table. It's so good. Kabang. And now, of course, she's drenched in blood and cuts everywhere. And she just kind of stumbles over next to Sydney as the police come. Yeah. And try to make it look like, you know, they were the victims of this whole thing. And Dewey comes in and is like, oh, no. And, oh. And she lays, like, the exact same way that Sydney is laying because she has to, like, copy her. Poser. Fucking poser. Uh, No original ideas of her own. Just copying. Yep. And uh, she's wheeled away to the hospital and everyone 
and the press is like, Jill, what happened? Tell me everything. And she's like trying to keep it together and not look too excited. But you can see she's like, this is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, oh, this bitch is crazy. He's crazy. And Dewey's visiting with her in her hospital room and she's all like yeah this is just so stressful i just i can't believe it and i just heard like er everyone died and this is so bad and and like maybe we could write a book together with gail (laughs) gail with our with our matching wounds and 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 she's like i just i'm so sorry that sydney's dead and he's like you know jill we don't know yet but it's still touch and go, but we think she could make it. And the expression on her face is just gold. She's like, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Mm, really? Really? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. he leaves and she immediately just unplugs all of her shit that she's connected to and just sneaks out of the room. Mm-hmm. And um, Dewey goes to see Gail and he's all like, yeah, you know, she's really tough. And she said that y'all could write a book together because of your matching wounds. And she's like, wait, how did she know? I was stabbed in the shoulder too, and they're like, "Oh no!" Mm. And then here comes Jill waltzing into Sydney's room, saying, "Like, won't you just fucking die already? <laughs> like, who are you, Michael fucking Myers? This, this is just silly. This <laughs> is like we should have just ended it at the house. This is just yeah. silly. This is just, this is just not what <laughs> I planned. Just like jumping on her bed, and, like opening back up her wounds and shit, and like throwing her into glass cabinets and stuff, and then." And here comes Dewey trying to save the day, but he gets hit with a bed, a bed pan a bed and gets pan, knocked yeah. out. <laughs> so and he's useless. Gail comes in at one point. She's like, get your skinny ass over here. <laughs> yeah. And then Judy comes in trying to save the day again, but Jill shoots her and you're like, oh, yeah. not Ju- Ju- Judy. Yeah. Poor thing. And um, yeah. And then as she's about to kill Gail, Sydney summons up some strength and uses these that resuscitator paddles. Yeah, the defibrillator. Start, starts whatever, them whatever up. They are, yeah, yeah. yeah. The de, yeah, the It's very Black Christmas 2006. <laughs> um, and which is an, also a Dimension film with a lot of reshoots. So I'm wondering True. if they were like, it worked so well in that film. Let's bring it back. Yeah, it could su- be. such a crowd pleaser. Um, and uh, and she's like, uh, Gail. Gail's like, can I just say one? thing before you kill me and she's like what and she's like clear and she's like clear clear and then sydney pops up with the paddles and just goes clear and then electrocutes her face (laughs) she falls down apparently dead i don't know yeah yeah. um but then like everyone kind of wakes back up and then jill like comes back too with like a shard of glass so they shoot her in the head and yeah. And then she's all like, "You forgot the the the, 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 the damn it! I'm gonna uh, fuck it up." You, the, you the, forgot the first rule of remakes, Jill. Remakes, yeah. Don't, don't fuck, fuck the original. And uh, and and then we see that like Judy sur- survived because she wore a bulletproof vest. You know, yeah. wear the vest, yeah. save your chest or something. Yeah, like. yeah. And, Hicks, uh, you're alive. It's just, Hicks, she's, <laughs> I do love that line. Hicks, you're alive. It's like the delivery is just so yeah. so, so funny. <laughs> I don't know why she's so su- surprised. Like, yeah. She, yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah. Um, 
and all the reporters outside are like doing these st- stories like Jill Roberts is the is the heroine of Woodsboro. She survived this. She's an American treasure and it just like cuts to her face, her dead her dead <laughs> dead face <laughs> just slowly zooms in and the end. <laughs> she got everything she wanted, but she just had to yeah. lose her life for it basically. And unfortunately yeah. she is uh she's she's a goner and yeah. history will not be kind to her yeah. unfortunately. Unfortunately not. Aww. But uh you're right. She she is kind of a representation of sort of remakes in general of how they're always trying mm-hmm. to like be like the original, but they mm-hmm. don't have any. A lot of times they don't have like great ideas, yeah. so it's like they just end up because copying the original. When you think about it, the best remakes are the ones that take the stuff yeah. that did work and kind of do their own twist on. Right. It, so it's not just like word for word, beat for beat of the original. So right. it's like kind right. of saying like if you're gonna do a remake, don't be like. Jill, where you don't mm-hmm. want want to work for it, you know, you right. just want to have it. Exactly. You know, actually bring something to the plate. Don't just yeah. copy exactly. Billy and Stu. Exactly, we've been there, got that it's, T-shirt. You know, it's true. It's true. It's uh, it's a fine line to walk to walk in this in mm-hmm. this movie, and uh, much like how the fir- the first two were kind of like trying to walk that line between being a sequel or like between being a slasher film and being a commentary on slasher films. This one's like trying to rock walk that line between being a remake and then being a commentary on remakes and it's it's a hard thing to do and five five is as well in a different way so it's mm-hmm. it's just it's a tough thing to do and i you know i i like i said i would love to see kevin williamson's original script for this Definitely. to see yeah. you know some because I, I think particularly i think you said to in the middle is where you can tell like there's not a lot of him in here you know right i think yeah. i think the beginning for the most part and like the end like i can see quite a bit of Kevin Williamson in here, like what he, what he wanted to do, yeah, but like the middle is I'm assuming heavy. most of the Jill monologue is probably him. That just it sounds like him. I heard, I know, yeah, I know they added the the, 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 the hospital scene at the last minute, but I heard, I think yeah. he still wrote it though. I think I heard that yeah. he wrote, he actually wrote that. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would, it, it, his sequel sounds interesting though. It would have been definitely very Absolutely. different for this franchise and maybe, maybe too different for some people, but, um, yeah, I have a feeling that it would have gotten some backlash, like, you know, because yeah. it wouldn't have been the traditional kind of yeah. scream story. But I, right. at, at that point, I mean, do we need traditional? I think we need to spruce it up a bit. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it takes some swings. Not all of them work. Um, uh, tonally, it's a little bit of a strange one. Uh, it's not as campy as three to me, but it's also not as serious as one and two. Not that they're like super serious either, but you know, it's somewhere in between like two and three in terms of camp to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's like, I don't know. It just, it's like some of the choices it makes are a pro depending on who you ask. And some of them are a con depending on who you ask. And I think that's fine. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, um, like some people hate the fact that the th- none of the three got killed off. Um, and then some people are like, oh, that's kind of smart because they're the originals and this movie's like, fuck you to, you know, remakes and everything. So it's, it, it's just kind of, I don't know. I don't think there's a wrong opinion to have about this movie. You know, it's just no, kind of, no. you're, you're, you're allowed to like think whatever you think about this. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit tepid and I think it could have been stronger whichever direction it was going to go, you know, um, even the, re- yeah, the reviews I mean, seem fairly mixed on it. So it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. never really very suspenseful. I mean, yeah, there's that's that too. Yeah. Sort of yeah. a problem. Yes, um, there's that. Yeah. And 
I think sometimes the music score, even though it's still Marco Beltrami, has kind of a goofier tone at times. Like there's the whole scene. I, th- I think the the one that really comes to mind is the scene with Rebecca and Gail, where it's almost scored like a sitcom. It's like mm. it's 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 kind of like do 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 do, do. Mm. and it's like I, that just feels even though it's kind of a more comedic scene, it just sort of feels like it's almost trying too hard to be goofy mm. or something. It's just. I don't know. There, there was something different about parts of the score. Some parts mm-hmm. of it still really, really work well. Yeah. Um, but it's I just can, sort of. I can see that. Yeah. There's some tonal stuff that doesn't always quite work. But yeah, I, I can know. see that. And he was probably trying to deal with the fact that he didn't know what the scene was even going to be until like last minute, yeah, really. like usual. And probably. it's just like, <laughs> is this a comedy moment? Yeah. Is this a horror moment? Who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, um, but uh, you know, I appreciate that. Kevin at least got to do some sort of, even though it wasn't, a lot of it wasn't his final product, but he at least got to do his version of what he wanted to some Mm -hmm. degree. You know, um, he got to bring it back to Woodsboro and he got to do the fan club thing, which is stuff he wanted to do on Scream 3. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's it's unfortunate they didn't just let him write the thing, but you know, uh, know, it is what it is, unfortunately, yeah. That's why you know, I think we both agree that like one and two will always be like the sort of the best ones because, you know, I they let so. him do whatever yeah. the fuck he wanted. And, um, uh, but yeah, um, I like the, yeah, I like the killer reveal on this one. I like, I think it was a different angle that they hadn't tried before. And, uh, I like the fact that it's still got some of that bitchy dialogue throughout that, um, mm-hmm. is enjoyable. And, uh, uh, yeah, um. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like you. Were like, I've always liked Kirby, but I've never been like as obsessed with her as some people seem to be. You know, it's yeah. She's, some people are like, she's the best character in the entire franchise. I'm like, yeah. is she really? Yeah. Even above like the main three? I don't think. Yeah, so. you don't really learn anything about her life or anything. She's, it's just she's like fine. she's just yeah. No, well, it's because she's a girl who likes horror movies. Wow, it's so shocking. It's I amazing. think that's what it is. It's like she's Could just. Be. Basically, like a gender swapped Randy. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But even then, like, not. I don't, I don't know. Not really. I don't She's know. a little less obnoxious than Randy, but. Still, oh, yeah. 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 I think she plays things a little more cool. But she, she's kind of a. Like, she walks into that Stabathon and she's like, oh, nerds. And I'm like, you watch all these movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, what? Is, is that from, like, another draft or yeah. something that they just forgot yeah. to take out where she was, like, a cool girl? Because. It's like, yeah. if you're a fan of these movies, then why are you like, oh, dorks? I do kind of know people like that, that like, like popular people who like will watch all this stuff on the side, but like they're kind of closeted mm-hmm. horror movie fans or, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Geeks yeah. like that. But the, mm-hmm. when they're with their friends, it's always like, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't watch that stuff. But then they're, they know like everything about everything, you know, it's, it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, that's her backstory. Yeah. But yeah, you know. Worth digging out if you're doing a stabathon here and uh, wrapping up yeah, the. It's a good time. The stab, the, the stabs and everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The, those first I'm two openings. The, the first two anyway are really great with the the sequences. They're yeah. so fun and I like the. They're very smart. They're very yeah. They're it's very like killer party. You know. Yeah, where it's you're like, right. It's like yeah. The, the movie. Outs, the movie yeah. within yeah. the music v- video. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it needed. It needed like that third one to be like a music video <laughs> i think they even say something about like how we, oh yeah the openings are always shot by some like music video director and yada yada, yada mm-hmm. yeah 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 um <clears throat> be fun yeah. yeah yeah um 
Yeah, but that's it for the month, y'all. Hope that you enjoyed is, all this screaming. That's all for the month. That's all for yeah. two months, I guess, because we're, we're taking that so, yes. February off. Um, taking a little breather. We we have yeah. to go to rehab with Lay Wheel. She was Lay a bad Wheel, influence yes. on us. And, yeah, we haven't you know, brought we her out in a while. Together. Yeah, there there's there's a reason she cannot be brought out into public <laughs> because she makes very embarrassing things happen. Some people are probably like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" So we used to do this thing like, yeah. what was it like, twenty episodes <laughs> back at this point where, where we spin this wheel and we were like, <laughs> "Yeah, so uh, it was a thing. It was a thing. Maybe we'll bring it back at some point, but we'll see." She was kind of like that gay cook that was in like the first episode of the, gold, <laughs> the Golden, Golden Girls, and then like yeah. never appeared again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, like whatever happened to him? I don't know. All these characters—they just—they meet up somewhere and they yeah. they protest and they're like, "I went back on the show." And but yeah, and we're like, "Well, then act right, okay?" Like right, exactly. Jeez, show us some chops here. Yeah, we are. We're taking a little breather, but we'll be yep. back better than ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little screamathon we've had. Yeah, I was a little hes- hesitant about first because I was like, I don't know if we have any anything to say about these movies, and I still don't know that, but we tried. <laughs> yeah, we and said words. We, we said words. Something. Yeah, I don't know if we've said anything that everybody else hasn't said, but that's what happens that's when true, you yeah. have a movie that's been talked about like fifty gazillion times at this point. And Isn't uh, that the truth? There you go. Yeah, uh, it was what fun. Can we say? Yeah, I, listen, I had a good time. It's always yeah. fun to rewatch these movies, and yeah. it's a strong series because there's there's really not one entry that i just despise yeah there's I, not I like them all there's not a terrible one and that is no saying something that that puts it above hellraiser for sure and <laughs> yeah. for, okay i know a lot of people love friday the 13 for me it puts it above friday the 13th but i know some people will stab me for oh, saying I mean, that but there you i go. would i would agree there i mean yeah, yeah. i enjoy many of them i'm not yeah. gonna say they're all good right exactly but, you know. yes um but yeah, interesting franchise, and uh, it's still going, as we saw this month, and uh, it'll be fascinating to see if it keeps going after this, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. Otherwise, you know, you can find us on social media, Facebook, and I'm having a stroke. Instagram? Twitter? Yes. Twitter? Twitter? Twitter, right. Twitter? Yes. Facebook is and Twitter. H-O-H-H? That's the H-O-H-H one. That's what I was trying to remember. Yes. 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 Instagram is homos and haunted hill. We are also on Letterboxd. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you very much for those who have. Please be nice if you do. We appreciate it. Otherwise, yeah, like we said, we'll be back in March. And uh, the things that we do have as possibilities are fun. So I think people are going to enjoy yes. it. They're more they're more eclectic than this month. You know, they're not going to be yes. like one franchise or even maybe no. they, they're probably not even going to be one specific theme. They're going to be a little more mixed. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, there might be. We've been brainstorming. We'll and, We've been trying. We have some, we've got some fun ideas. We've reached kind of like that that fifth entry in the franchise point where we're like, how do we keep this fresh? You know, <laughs> let's do something we haven't well, done before. But I mean, time travel, obviously. So time travel go back is the to next our first step. episode and just oh. rerun it. <laughs> oh, good! Right at the beginning of the pandemic. What a great time to go back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, as always, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Yes, thank and, you so uh, much. <clears throat> if you need some other podcasts to listen to during our hi- hiatus, you know, there's plenty out there. There's a, yeah. a burgeoning thing, you know, which which is cool Apparently, because it is a thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a thing. Um, they're making some documentary about queer horror. That's a thing that's going to come out, and uh, yeah, we're not in it. No, but that's fine. We're not bitter. Well, it's no, fine. No, you know, nobody no, asked no, us, but it's fine. It's fine. We have yeah. scars too, but no one, you know, whatever. <laughs> no one asked about our ideas for Scream Six. Did nope. they? No. Nope. 
we have we have scars too but you know it's fine no one ever Uh, talks about our scars no one ever talks about our scars but like the fact that we weren't asked to do a queer horror documentary (laughs) i mean if we were we'd be those people that when when you watch a documentary documentary you're like who the fuck are those guys like why are why are they on here i don't know them we have a semi-successful podcast, okay? <laughs> we get tens of listeners tens every of, week. Tens of 20s, of 30s. Of... No, We're a slow burn, okay? <laughs> we are kind of a slow burn. Like, I'll look at our numbers and it'll be like, oh, that's not so great. But then, like, a month later, it'll be like, oh, that's actually pretty good. People actually listen to that yeah, episode. Like, wow. Wow. People came back. Did they listen to it multiple times? Or what, yeah. what, what happened there? <laughs> Maybe we're not, like, the highest priority for some people, which is fine. Just as long as they get to us. That's nice. That's That's fine. As long as you love me. (laughs) You're gonna love me. (laughs) There's lots of queer horror options. And uh, Mm -hmm. like we said, it's cool. Because there was a time when, like, nobody gave a shit what we had to say at all. So it's kind of cool. Well, they they did when we were, like, making the money. Like, during the 90s. And, you know, they hired queer writers to make money. But then when we Mm -hmm. were no longer needed, they just threw us aside, basically. And uh, there you go. Yeah. They so. take bows and we're batting zero. <laughs> Save it for our a Kit Culkin musical here. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, one day it will happen. Okay. Kit. Well, a musical spectacular. <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> Tryouts in Boston. <laughs> yeah, to a rec center near you. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye. We will be back in a month, okay? Bye.